Attention FM DJs in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. <laughs> that's that's my favorite show opening. Wow, that was great. That Long, was just that was just like a cam. Can you sweeten my mic ever so yes. slightly? Thank you. That was just a cavalcade of bad right there at the beginning. Yep. You need a Mac. I was up. Shut up about what I need. Ah, <laughs> oh, for the love of sweet holy Jehoshaphat! And we were we were on such a roll there too. I hope here's, you're running the new Vista program. Here's what just. Here's what, here's what just happened. So uh, the recap ends. There's that Attention FM DJs thing, which uh, which I think I may have actually cut part of it off because here's so just now the recap ends. We play the Attention FM DJs in the Greater Portland area thing. I go to hit the show opening, uh, which I think maybe wasn't potted up or something. I yeah, think maybe on the board. Partially my fault. I was potted down. It cuts off the beginning, and I thought, well, crap. I want to play the entire thing from the beginning because I put such voluminous amounts of work into it. So I wait. Like seven seconds, I hit the dump button, so we're starting from scratch. I then hit the show opening thing. I mean, and probably cutting off part of the FM DJs thing is part of the bargain. I then hit the show opening thing. Then Windows, it just played ten seconds ago. I mean, granted, the part of the beginning got cut off because Kristen didn't have the computer potted up, which is, you know, nobody's fault. These things happen. But I, the Windows is now giving me the message that the show opening uh, won't play. I just played it. Now 18 seconds. It was just there. Ah, oh, for the love of. Can we try this again? Let me just say this. And so then I, I hit it, and nothing happens. It's not like a, a, a sound, a noise, anything. It just is that little vague little error window that comes up that tells you nothing. Let me just say this about Microsoft error messages. It would be one thing if at least if like there was some sort of glossary or uh, the, the, the index or dictionary where you could look up the error message and then see what it meant. Sort of like a Berlitz for badly designed operating systems. Instead, it just says, like, error-555-jq-tilde-squirly thing. What am I supposed to do with that information, you bastards? So, it throws up an error message. I cl This is what a, d a jaded Windows user I am, by the way. So, it throws up an error message that makes no sense, tells me nothing, doesn't help me solve the problem at all. Plonk. What... <laughs> What do I do? I just, do I, do I try to figure out what's wrong? No, I just hit OK, and I try the same thing over again, because that's what Windows users are trained to do. Just ignore the error message and plunge on blindly ahead, hoping that maybe this time it will work. This time, then it didn't work. Then you heard it make the uh, conk sound just now. So the show opening is now silence, followed by nothing, followed by a clonk sound. That means the answer is still no. Jesus. Thank you, Bill Gates. Mark. Thank you so much. The love of Christ. Do I even want to try it again? Let's go around the room. Try it again, Tim? Sure. What have you got to lose? Try it again, Kristen? I, I think you should. Can you play the uh can you play the attention FM DJs thing in here just one second? That would that would make me ever so That would make me ever so happy. Attention FM DJs in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. The word that Mrs. Bronson is unable to put into the hot, still, sodden air is doomed. Because the people you've just seen have been handed a death sentence. One month ago, the Earth suddenly changed its elliptical orbit, and in doing so, began to follow a path which gradually, moment by moment, day by day, took it closer to the sun. 
And all of man's little devices to stir up the air are no, no longer luxuries. They happen to be pitiful and panicky keys to survival. The time is five minutes to twelve, midnight. There is no more darkness. The place is New York City, and this is the eve of the end. Because even at midnight, it's high noon, the hottest day in history, and you're about to spend it in the twilight zone. It's so damn hot! Milk was a bad choice! The snow is snowing, and the wind it is blowing. But I can weather the storm What do I care how much it may storm I've got my love to keep me warm I cannot remember the worst December Just watch Those icicles fall What do I care If icicles fall I've got my love To keep me warm I've got my love To keep me Great day, I can already sense it. For the love of God! Right. So I'll take a breath. By everybody, I mean me. Why, hello, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is 10 minutes and 11 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of August of the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and, I would say, moderately cool studios of AM 970 to talk. Or this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Excursion into Whimsy. Uh, it is uh, Friday, and welcome to Day 12. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. If you want to join us today, 503-733-2970. With your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, two cents, ruminations on how damn hot it is. Uh, whatever it is you got today. It's 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able, with feet covered in sweat. Pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, somewhere in between, the weird, the perverse, the just plain unclassifiable. Uh, it is 503 733 2970. 503 733 2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Tim at 970 a.m. Richie with a T at 970.am or Kristen with an E at 970.am. And how's it feel to have your brand new uh, shiny 970.am email address, Kristen Bowie? I finally feel justified. Feel like you're on the team with everybody else? Yes. All right, then. It's like on Star Trek being moved from, like, a red shirt to having, like, one of the regular Starfleet uniforms, which means you're, like, not going to get killed when you go down to the acid tentacle planet or whatever. It's just like that. It's the address all the cool kids want to have. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's a, it's a status symbol. All right. So having told you probably to drop your mic just a hair, you can probably stand to turn it up just a Your voice carries uh, a little bit more than, than, than most, a little bit more than Sarah's, I think. Uh, so we often, sometimes at the beginning of the program, we will have Kristen turn her mic down in advance because otherwise it sort of 
Not in a bad way, just you project. I have a booming voice. It's it's true. And it deafens everybody here and on the live stream. So, all right. There and you go. I always feel horrible. No, 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 it's fine. It all balances. The people listening on the uh, over the air, it all balances out. If you're online, though, it's like every now and again we'll play a song way too loud. Like we'll come out of the gate on the top five and somebody has something turned up way too loud and it deafens all of us here. And it used to be that it would only deafen those of us in the studio, which is really a negligible problem because we're all deaf anyway. So, but now with the people listening online, what with the science and all, uh, we play something too loudly here and it's just like across the United States we're blowing people out of their cubicles. So, anywho, uh, hello there. It is uh, Friday. It's a Rick Emerson radio program. Thanks so much for coming along. Uh, Macintosh users already sending in their taunting emails right on schedule. Thanks so much. Clock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. I feel horrible about that, too. It's okay. It wasn't even you. I mean, you know, the mistakes happen. It's just that the window's the chain of events. Like, never mind. I'm going to move on. Except to say, why show me an error message if the alleged description of the error message is so unbelievably obscure and just... Weird and archaic that I can't make heads. I mean, what is the point of that? I'm done. To let you know you're not smart enough to run Windows. Thanks so much. All right. CNN radio correspondent Ed McCarthy joining us later on today to talk about, I swear to God, CNN says this on the prep sheet, to talk about Bigfoot. So, you know, make of that what you will. Uh, coming up, we'll have some news about that as well. Coming up uh, elsewhere in the program, CNN radio correspondent Rachel McGrath. Uh, joining us from Los Angeles today, yet another chance to avoid using her theme music and thus incur more hate from her. Uh, from Film Fever Radio, Scott Daly be in the studio later on today reviewing Clone Wars and Tropic Thunder, uh, I believe. One of those movies apparently really good, the other one apparently crap. I'll let you kind of suss that out. Uh, let's see what else. Our good friend Siegfried's going to stop in later on talk about the Grindhouse. Uh, I think it's Rolling Thunder they're going to be playing tomorrow at the Hollywood Theater. Could be wrong about that. Uh, that's tomorrow at the uh, Hollywood Theater. A little Grindhouse thing happening. He'll be talking about that. Uh, we'll be doing Scott Daly's top five uh, Billy Joel songs of all time later on today. Uh, let's see what else. Now, we had High Concept Thursday uh, yesterday. And I sort of teased this in advance, that we had High Concept Thursday yesterday, today. Uh, we're going to do sort of a second round of that. We, we normally don't do two of those in one week. Uh, but I felt bad that we had a listener who sent me, she sort of requested a High Concept topic that had some personal relevance and time was a factor. And I didn't really get to it, uh, but we got to do it today. So we're going to do it. We might even do that this hour. I might even do that before before the before the beginning of the of the news hour. It might be like 11:45 or so. Uh, so that's all coming up. Geek Watch coming up today. Uh, Snuff Watch coming up today. Let's see what else. What else have we? Well, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, big pile of uh, crap to my uh, right here. Oh, and don't forget. Uh, attention, Richie Bristol. Just in case you were not clear about this, uh, let's uh, verify that again today. One random caller uh, wins a family four-pack of AST Do Tour tickets uh, for Thursday, August 21st. That's next Thursday, first day, the kickoff day of the AST Do Tour. August 21st to the 24th is when that happens, featuring the greatest talent in skateboarding, BMX, and freestyle motocross. Tickets on sale now through Comcastix with an X, Comcastix.com. So uh, one random caller today wins a family four-pack uh, for Thursday, August 21st, the kickoff day of the AST Do Tour, and so forth. I got this list of, let's see, uh, the American Film Institute has put out its top ten. Is this the top ten movies made in Portland? Am I right about this? Let's I, see. Let me ask. Let me, let, me, let me look at the thing here. This is from the uh, American Film Institute. Let's see. 
a list of the top ten moments in a film. Well, this is sort of vague. I thought this was. I looked at this and I thought it was much more interesting than it was. That's not going to stop me from doing it though. A list of the top ten moments in a film that include the Portland area. No. Well, that seems so unbelievably vague as to include almost anything. Oh, whatever. Well, they're trying to be nice. That's okay. we got to fill four hours. I'll get to it later. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Working on the following stories uh, for your edification, Tim Riley. It's going to be at least 104 degrees today. And it's going to be 102 degrees tomorrow. Not back into the 80s till Sunday. And not back into the 70s Monday. So, it's an extensive heat warning. Uh, what else do we have here? A family gets a $48,000 settlement for a cremation mix-up. Donald Trump will be Ed McMahon's uh, landlord now. He's buying the mansion and renting it back to him. Kids in Portland shoot a man with the mansion 22 times with a BB gun in the park. Bigfoot's press conference gets underway in a few minutes. Right now, the alleged dead forest monster's carcass is in a freezer. Peter Pan, Snow White, Tinkerbell, and a gaggle of Disney costume characters are arrested. What a terrible publicity thing for Disneyland. <laughs> in a labor dispute, they're all costumed, and they all have those... Uh, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's great. Oh, that's fantastic. So there's a labor dispute going on at Anaheim. That's wonderful. Uh, Jamie Spears' fiancé cheated on the underage youngster while she was pregnant. That takes the heat off Jonathan, uh, John Edwards for a while. Uh, more Ch- Chinese Olympic bakeries revealed. Like there's any end to that. And parents... Punish their unruly children by nailing their Xbox high in the tree where they can't reach it. Excellent. There you go. It's going to be a great day. It is. We have lots of things right. to do. One today. of the best days we've had. Amity, as you know, means friendship. The image of, like, Peter Pan or somebody being handcuffed yeah. and hopefully beaten Dude, outside of Disney. Oh, that's great. They yeah. put those little riot cuffs on him. Uh-huh. That's wonderful. If the only thing to make it better is if they were giving Tinkerbell a good tasing right uh-huh. there in the street just until she soiled herself. That would make me happy. Uh, we're joined today uh, by Kristen Bowie, who is in for the vacationing. Sarah Dillon, hello. How are you today? I'm good. All right. Good. Uh, life satisfying, I hope. Everything yes. going well, swimmingly, yes. all things on the up? Yes, yes. All right. Coming up this Sunday, the second installment of Musicology, starring yourself and Timmy Ryan. Yes. We're uh, very excited. We're going to see if Tommy Two-Tone shows us up. Really? Uh-huh. Now, is it now? Is he going to be uh, phone in studio? Um, Tentatively in studio, but that's if he shows up. Now, is there reason to believe that Tommy Two-Tone might not show up? Should I not ask about this? Tommy Two-Tone um, hasn't exactly been prompt with his communications. Well, you know. So. That happens to us every day. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm sure he's a busy you know, man. It's just the way it is. I, uh, well, you know, well, what it is. I've, you know, I've met him. He's a, he's a nice guy. Uh, so I have to say, you guys were off to a flying start last week, though. Oh, thank you. I mean, as much as I sort of as much as much I sort of poke fun at, at Timmy for, for name-dropping Dick Dale, I mean, it was cool. Right out of the gate, live interview with surf guitar legend Dick Dale. Oh, and he was great, too. He was fantastic. Likes to talk. Uh, at length. Does he ever? Even as Timmy's trying to wrap up the interview. There's a great moment, by the way, from Musicology. I don't mean to knock on, on Timmy, but there's a great moment where he's talking to Dick Dale. Lots of great stuff going on. And then Timmy, you can hear it. I mean, you know, you can tell when a guy's trying to wrap it up. And Timmy's like, all right, dickdale.com is the website. That's kind of how you know, right? Like, that's right. the, when that is said a few minutes into the interview, that's like the universal sign for, like, we are ending this. Uh, Got to go. So it's like, hey, Dick Dale's the website. Watch it for tour updates, records, whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, surf guitar legend. And then Dick Dale would just go, no, 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 wait a minute. I, I got some other things to talk about. He'd giggle a little bit and go, wait, 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 wait. And he'd have another story about Timmy. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty great. Uh, so there was uh, so there was that. And then you uh, managed to pull Joe Escalante from the Vandals, which is pretty impressive. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then also um, Al Blaine from the Wrecking Crew. Anyways, big show. Very cool. So uh, can you give away now, other than Tommy Two-Tone, is there anything specific on tap for this coming Sunday? We're going to have Rick Finch on. 
life. Um, he's going. He's the producer. From Casey slash, and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, hand, pretty much the hand of God underneath Casey and the Sunshine Band. And we're also going to have Say It Ain't Weezer in studio, which is Portland's only Weezer tribute band. Excellent. So we'll hopefully get them to play a little bit of a live set. Good things. Good things afoot. All right. You're gonna make Chris Paddock jealous. <laughs> I got. I did get an email yesterday from uh, after Chris Paddock was in doing his top five, and it was like that guy rules. So uh, he, he is humorous. He is. He's man. He's uh, he's Pack a me up. and he's a high energy fellow. Mm-hmm. He he's uh, like sparks coming out of his head a lot of the time. So, all right, uh, we'll get some phone calls here in just a uh, just a second. Um, I just got. Here's what Richie Bristol just typed on the screen. Just for those who like to fo- you know, follow the ongoing travails of uh, of Richie. Richie Bristol, uh, production assistant extraordinaire, just typed this on the screen. Ooh, with like four O's. I ate bacon donuts. Going to bathroom now. Be back in a while. Bacon donuts. Bacon donuts. Followed by. Something where do they not want to know about him? What do you mean? Where do they go? And where do they come from? <laughs> oh, I know where they go. <laughs> I was gonna say. I know where they're going. You know, probably in a few moments. I the I think from Voodoo Donuts maybe. A Portland institution, but purveyor of some things that are just a little too much for me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, they so. love the bacon and maple donuts. Yeah. I hope that toilet's fixed. I mean, it is. Uh, Dave Zinn said they put a new washer in. CVS spared no expense <laughs> to make this facility more valuable than it was before they started. It is the Tiffany Network, Tim. Uh, let's get a couple calls. And Oh, man, speaking of that, I am going to talk about the heat, and everybody just has to be okay with that. First of all... I know that it was just like a, a like a cluster F at the beginning of the show today, but can I get a little something for getting that well, Twilight Zone it. intro? Uh-huh. Come on, that Twilight Zone intro, which is from where the Earth plummets toward the sun and everybody burns to death because mm-hmm. it's the hottest day of the year. I'm a little something that I was proud of myself for that. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. I no, the, enjoyed it. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Rick, that episode makes me sweat. Uh, the Midnight Sun is the name of that Twilight Zone episode. It, watching it as a kid, and I grew up in a desert, uh, and so I would watch it as a kid in a desert, and it would just make me, it, it would, like, induce panic attacks. So you watch those two ladies, it's like 1962, and there's no developed air conditioning, and you watch right. them just, like, melt away. And there's a sequence where, like, the little, whatever, the mercury thermometer, whatever it is, actually bursts well, at the end, yeah. and yeah. her oil paintings start to melt because it's so hot. As a kid, it used to fill me with just the deepest sense of dread. So, like, halfway through that episode, this guy breaks in and takes all the water. And what I never really got was, why is he wearing a suit jacket? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a good question, actually. He breaks in to steal her water, and he's he's dressed up like he's going to court. Maybe it's because it was the 60s and you couldn't show uh, even male skin, perhaps. No no nipples. Maybe. That's a good question. Now That's going to bug me now. All right. Yeah. Sorry, man. No, I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. You know, this is what we do, sir. We pick apart the pop culture minutiae of our everyday existence. Yeah, and, like, now if somebody breaks in, they kill and rape the women, and he apologizes. He's like, I'm a good person. So what not so do? much... So less of the killing and raping, more of yeah, the apologizing. Well, I mean, uh, so it's 40 years. It was a simpler time. I suppose. All right. Thank you, my friend. Special. All right. Yeah, The Midnight Sun is a really, really great episode. It's a, it, Because it starts with a woman just sitting there in her New York apartment. And it, you know, you know those things where it's the hottest day of the year, it's always in New York? I guess the idea must be that there's just no trees or foliage there of any kind. And they have really horrible humidity, too. That's true. Uh, That East Coast humidity, it's killer. Because I can think of three things off the top of my head. It's the hottest day of the year in New York. Uh, No, four. Uh, Twilight Zone, the movie Kids by Larry Clark, uh, Summer of Sam by Spike Lee, and then also, I think, Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee. And I've heard the more blacktop you have, the higher it gets, because it's like 10 degrees hotter in New York than it is anywhere else surrounding it. Ugh. 
Anyway, uh, we'll do one more here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I'm Hello. a classy caller. Yes. Hello, sir. Hey, I've been listening for a long time. Yes. And you know how you get uh, callers every once in a while like, I'm on the coast and I can hear you. Or, yes, sir. I'm on the top of Mount Hood and I can hear you. Well, I'm I'm downtown near your building and I can hear you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. It's not even noon. Uh, anywho, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. We'll uh, break here just a few. By the way, we want to give it up to. Some guy who was a bartender at O'Malley's. I don't, I don't know his name. I, don't, I have no further details about him. Some guy bartends at O'Malley's. Big listener. Hello there. Uh, thank you. Uh, okay, so I'm talking just, just a little bit about the heat uh, because it's, because it's what's on people's minds. First of all, let me say this: I didn't bicycle today, and everybody's going to be fine with that. I biked yesterday. Boy, what a bad idea that was. That was really ill-advised. Because I was thinking, like, well, the breeze will cool me. No. The breeze is cool. It's like it's like bicycling through a hairdryer. Uh, I mean, yesterday morning, I got to tell you, I left my house at about 10 minutes to 8 yesterday. It's like 7.50 in the morning on Thursday. I get on my bike, and I'm, you know, and I'm, not, I'm wearing shorts and just like a very loose-fitting T-shirt. Biking, you know, to work. And even then, it was hot. It's just that hot air all over you, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God. Because you can already see what it's going to be like when you have to bike home, like, later in the day. Mm -hmm. um, it's unbelievably hot. And then I don't mean to gross everybody out, but then, so everybody knows, you, you exercise, what happens? Uh, you When you stop exercising, that's when the sweat begins. So I get to work, it's like 8.30, business full of professionals, I work upstairs, people are dressed in their formal attire. And there you are dripping. And I'm sitting there at my desk, just, just turning into a big puddle of goo. I mean, it's just the worst... And people come by and you're just like, look away, I'm hideous. And everybody wants to come in and talk to you. Exactly. That's totally what it is, you know. Uh, general sales manager comes in. Hey, can we have you meet a client right now? And it's like I'm just all splotchy and sweaty. My hair's sticky. And Can I sit here and tell lame jokes for the next 20 minutes? <laughs> I know I, that's exactly what you want right now. And I've changed out of my, my biking clothes and I got my regular, like, like a button-down or anything, my regular work clothes on. And, of course, the clothes are beginning to stick to your body, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, God. Um, uh, you know, and so then yesterday, don't get me started on yesterday. Uh, goes home. I actually delayed going home for a while just because it was like I didn't want to go home at, like, 5 o'clock. So I, I drove today, and that's just going to have to be to be fine with everybody. Uh, I'm just I, mad that I finally got, got permission, like, last week to ride my bike again for my Because your foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have it's fun the with hottest that. week of the year. Oh, yeah. Enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, but can I tell you something that's going to make uh, the people in this room feel a little bit better? Uh, maybe not so much if you're listening, but the people in this room. Here's something that you may or may not want to know. Uh, so, the good news is, no, let me start the other way. The bad news is, and I swear to God, this sounds like a setup for some, like a lame sitcom episode or something, but it's absolutely true. I was just talking to Matt Green this morning. The bad news is that yesterday... About, I don't know, 8.30 a.m., the air conditioning unit at CBS Portland started to break. So it's only running at 30% capacity right now. So this is we are in a building filled with electronic equipment, filled with tubes and things that go wah-wah-wah and other things that go and things that turn on and off and things that flash. I mean, it's, I mean we've got thousands and thousands of pieces of electronic equipment in this building, and the air conditioner decided to go belly up yesterday. So it's working at about 30% 30, 30 capacity. I was here last night, and it was horrible. The good news? 
Our studio right here, one of the only places in the building still air-conditioned. So, KUFO, they're screwed. It's like 1,000 degrees in there. And they got a window facing the it's outside. Like a terrarium. It's oh, like no. a terrarium. Seriously, no, they're getting the sun beating in over there, and it's filled with electronic equipment. Upstairs, screwed. Down the hall, screwed. Us, fine. So, uh, we're going to suck on that, huh? Uh, so, it's good. For, I mean, you know, I'm just saying one has to look at the glass as being half full. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Air conditioning. I don't have any time. I only got time to do one other thing, then one call, then we'll break. And I'll get to these other notes. Okay, Tim, so yesterday we had, do you want to talk to some guy who knew a guy who once talked to Ronald Reagan? The answer was no. No. Then we had, do you want to talk to some guy who knew a guy who was going to talk about Catholicism? No. No. Then we had, uh, do you want to talk to the guy who runs Cliff's Notes? No. No. Here's today's, Tim. Would you like to interview? It's like, from what inter... From what... Year did this interview request even come? This is like getting an interview request from 1981. Tim, would you like to? Pardon me. Tim, would you like to interview award-winning singer-songwriter Janice Ian? No. <laughs> Why? Right. That's what I'm saying. Why would we want to? I have no idea. I mean, that's your response is exactly what my the look on your face just now is the look inside my brain. Like when I go, hey, would you like to interview Janice Ian? No, who won? And here, not only do I not want to interview Janice Ian, I would like. Here's my thing: I would almost be willing to do this. I would almost be willing to email back and book an interview with Janice Ian on one condition: that they give me a list of all the other people who have agreed to interview Janice Ian. And if they provide an explanation as to why those people were interested. Who knows who Janice Ian is? Uh, Kristen Bowie, Janice Ian? I honestly don't. I'm not even But I was born person. in 83, so. Oh, you know, this is, uh, this is before your time. She now. learned the truth at 17 that love was meant for beauty queens. Exactly. Their small town eyes will gape at you in dull surprise when payment due exceeds accounts people, received. People actually went out and bought that. Do people <laughs> dance to that and sing along with it in cars? Or... And why do I why do I know a whole stanza from that? Why could I just now recite several lines from at seventeen? In dull surprise when payment due exceeds it. It's just it's stupid. It's just bad writing. Uh, it's society's child. So anyway, so apparently here's the deal. I guess. Let me just read this. And here's here's the other sad thing they've done. I don't mean to be knocking Janice Ian, because I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? I have. I, look, the I never. Life must be bad enough. I mean, <laughs> I don't want you. I don't want to pile on. Um, but I mean, I'm looking at this right here, and, and, and this is from uh, this is from whoever said this to me. But you can tell, by the way, that they realize that probably most people have zero interest in interviewing Janice Ian. So they've done that kind of thing they do sometimes, where they've enclosed a picture of Janice Ian. Like, not from now, obviously, uh, but a picture of Janice Ian standing next to more famous people that you might actually care about. Ronald Reagan. Close. Well, not close. But in this case, it's a picture of Janice Ian flanked, obviously taken at a radio station. And you can tell because there's like some greasy guy with bad hair and thick glasses who you can tell sort of tries to dress like he's a rock star but can't quite pull it off standing in the background. They don't identify him, but you know he's a DJ. So they've included a picture of Janice Ian standing with... Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen. Make her look like a person of clout. There you go. That's exactly what it is. So it is the so sort of to be the moon reflecting the uh, the celebrity light of persons greater than herself. Well, if they want to send a picture of her sending Mr. Ron Dante, perhaps we could consider it, but not till then. Uh, they've also done the thing. They're so confident, by the way, that I'm going to want to interview uh, Janice Ian that they've actually included all the questions I can ask her. 
So, anyway. So that's not going to happen. Oh, apparently she's written a book. Here we go. Imagine reading an autobiography by Janice Ian. You know what that is? The autobiography, Society's Child, gives an inside view into the ups and downs of Ian's whirlwind life. What whirlwind life? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, don't you, Billy just, Joel. you look at that timeline and it's just like like one blip and then about a 40-year gap and then releases autobiography. Here's what Janice Ian's autobiography is. It's one of those books that you see at like one of the, like a Portland coffee shop or a haircutting place where they have that big, it's like that big bookshelf of like free books. Like when you're there, you know, like if you're going to be hanging out for a while eating a scone, like maybe here's a book to read. And it's right, be, it's right between something like by Michael Crichton and a big stack of National Geographic from 1985. All right. Listen to the sound of this. This is the sound of. There you go. That's the sound of no. That's the that's Rick Emerson. The that's the Rick Emerson show saying. The sound of no. Will pass. That's the sound of a uh, of a declination. All right. So instead, at 17, now it's at 49. <laughs> it's at the sequel. Maybe she'll sing it for us. Wow. Somebody got to record that. Some some like morning show like the type. Seven Up show. Seriously. They'll keep visiting Janice Ian through the years <laughs> and make a documentary. <laughs> That's fantastic. You bet, man. This people never is, listen to us. This show is fantastic out of the gate. Is this Rachel McGrath already? Yes. Why yeah. it is? She is that, that, spoken is that to me that I book her earlier than I? Well, I, I feel bad now. I feel like an ass. Well, we're just gonna we're gonna do this. Uh, we'll go ahead and talk to Rachel McGrath, uh, uh, Kristen. Okay. Then we'll break after that. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, do you have her thing? No, I don't, because in my own defense, it's because I didn't anticipate talking to her until after the... None of this is going to cut any ice with her. She's going to hate me. All right, let's just... Uh, we'll drop the mono bed as we say... Hello to CNN Radio correspondent Rachel McGrath. Hi there. I would wait for you. You know that. Well, I I do I do appreciate that. Now, if I if I may ask, I'm not trying to assign blame right here, but I now is this did I, did we did, 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 did am I mm. am I looking? Yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm afraid you did. Yeah. <laughs> this I'm is afraid all, so. This I, is, I'm glad to see you're in control, Rick. This as is, always. This is all my fault, isn't it? <laughs> all right. Well, in any event, well let's uh, well let's do this thing then. Um, <laughs> So it, it, here's the thing. Just mentally in your head, we'll take about three seconds. Let's all imagine your theme music playing now. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, and we're done. Okay. Yeah, th that was great. How are you, Rachel? How are things? I'm really good, thank you. Hey. We had a fantastic thunderstorm in Southern California last night. Three hours of um, lightning, over 400 cloud-to-ground hits. Isn't really? that amazing? It is amazing, and it's one of those things that lets you know that humans are not in control of this planet at all. That's <laughs> right. I mean, thunder... yeah, God, God was moving some furniture around big time last That's night. The thing. It's like thunder and lightning storms. I got a, uh, a guy who sent me a picture a while back. Uh, I think it was a picture he himself had taken where he was... Uh, a guy listens to us uh, in Florida, and he was sitting there on his, uh, like in his back porch or something, but he had a sliding glass door to see the outdoors. And there was this huge thunderstorm, and he just had his camera set up and was taking photos of it. And no lie, a l bolt of lightning came down and hit the middle of his patio, like where he had an umbrella or something. <laughs> and I mean, it's like oh. it's like five feet away from him, and just this huge explosion of purple energy. I mean, it's terrifying and great. But does sort of give the lie to the assertion that humans are in control of the climate or of the planet. Yeah. None of those things are true. Um, I will also say this. Uh, no one cares about this but me. Um, I will say that we air uh, the Michael Mara Show, which is a syndicated program from WJFK on the East Coast. And I guess they had had some sort of thunderstorm or rain problem on their end. And through some sort of technical glitch, 
uh, some sort of uh, the, the satellite kerfuffle, the the EAS alert, which is that like this is a test of the emergency alert system. There is a weather advisory. The the weather advisory from the East Coast went down the network chain. Seems to be happening in the background there. Oh, it's, it's another phone ringing. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it is. In any event, so uh, so the, the the EAS alert from the weather for, from from Virginia went down a satellite chain and aired here last night, falsely informing the people of Portland that there was going to be a flash flood happening at some point. So A, we helped to spread terror. B, it was completely unfounded. And C, we dangled this carrot of relief in front of the city of Portland because it was like 103 degrees here yesterday. There was no flood. There was, in fact, no moisture of any kind. It was just dry and hot. So It was just dry and hot. Is it hot where you are? Hot. Okay. Uh, so you guys got that. Is, let me ask you this. Is this drought business, is this like an ongoing thing? I don't mean to sound like flip about it or the okay. light of it, but I mean, is this... Because we have this every year. Is this just going to be the way California is until the end of time, that every summer you're going to run out of water? Um, I, I think that's the way we're heading because um, normal people are living in, in Los Angeles and we're getting less and less rain. And uh, not only that, that we get all our water from outside of Los Angeles because this is just desert, really. So all the water comes from the Sierra Mountains, and they're not getting enough rain and snow. And there's also something called smelt which are apparently a protected, endangered little fish-type yes. thing in the Colorado River. So we can't endanger them, so we can't ship as much water through the Colorado River as we normally do. So it's kind of like a lot of triple whammies coming together, and we're going to run out of water in 20 years if we don't behave ourselves. Well, clearly there's going to have to be... Uh... We're just going to have to pick some people who aren't going to make it, Rachel. That's uh, that's really what it is. We're just going to have to start triaging the population of Southern California. The, here's, okay. a, here's a dumb question. Do you guys buy water from other states? Um, I don't think we buy water from other states. No, we ship the water in, like I say, from other parts of the state. But I don't think it comes from out of state. Because it does uh, – th- th- I always wonder that about, about – um, Pardon me about Las Vegas. I'll go to Las Vegas, which is you know just a huge desert. And in fact, when Bugsy Siegel was you know sort of trying to get um, pardon me, you know, speaking of water, I'm going to take just one moment and take a swallow of some. Hold on just a second, won't you please? Okay. Ah, there we go. All right. Uh, I had a little mini drought sort of happening in the back of my throat there. Uh, but when you know you go to Las Vegas, and one of the things they'd always told Meyer Lansky and Bugsy Siegel about Vegas, they said, "Well, look, you're never going to be able to do anything there. It's a desert. You don't have any water. Nothing grows there. Nothing's going to grow there." And yet you go to Las Vegas and you stand in front of the Bellagio, and they have this this pool filled with like a billion gallons of water that they're simply using to shoot into the air to this you know, synchronize to God bless the USA by Lee Greenwood. And you ask yourself, where is this water coming from? And I always wondered if maybe the other states just said, uh, you know, that it was like a loan sharking thing. The other states just decided to sell the water to Nevada at some greatly inflated rate. No, but I'm sure now that you've given them the idea. <laughs> Well, I... we did that. We, remember, we did that with electricity a few years back, and Texas made a you know made a killing out of selling us their electricity, and and our prices went through the roof. So now that you've broached well, the subject, well, I try to help. Is there? So, <laughs> so do you guys have? So does the state start cracking down on what people can do with their yeah. water and what they can't? Do they come by your house and they start to you know they they give you the hairy eyeball if you're watering your lawn too much? They do. It's not the state. It's um, the individual um, water districts that control the water supplies to residential and business companies. And so in Los Angeles, um, it's the city in partnership with the Department of Water and Power that have got these restrictions. And these restrictions have actually been in place since the last drought in 1990. There's like a 20, 30-year conservation plan. Trouble is, it was all voluntary and nobody was 
was really right. bothering, and so they were still wasting water. So now there are there are what we call drought busters, who are basically um, drought police who uh, patrol neighbourhoods. And if you're using your your sprinklers now between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., or you're in your yard hosing your lawn or your flowers, um, uh, you're going to get a ticket. It's going to be a hundred dollar fine. If you're a business and you're using a hose pipe to um, clean the sidewalks in front of your business, or you're going to um, you start um, just giving customers glasses of iced water. Um, without them asking for it, you're going to get a $200 fine and upwards from there if you keep doing it. So, yeah, there are now uh, fines uh, in place um, to punish people for wasting water. I, I do have to say one thing, one, one, obser- one recollection, one observation. The recollection is, is that I, and I've told this story before, I do remember being in an IHOP in California some years back and being mystified by the fact that they hadn't given me a glass of water. Uh, and I and I finally asked the waitress. I said, "Hey, can I can I get some water over here?" And she said, "Well, I suppose." And it was it was it was, it was like I'd asked her to uh, you know to go to the Andes and fetch it by hand. And so she came back with a glass of water. And I guess I was really hot or something because I drank it immediately. And it was like I was at an Old West saloon. It's like I put it back on the counter. I'm like, all right, fill her up again. And she she gave me this long like the hard stare. And she said, "Are you sure you want more water?" And I thought it was like some sort of a Zen question like she was like it was some sort of a buddhist sort of like there is no spoon kind of a thing uh b i will just say this the idea of the man coming by and checking out whether you're giving water to customers or whether you're watering your lawn too much i can't can't think about that stuff too much because it starts to make me feel like i'm living in some futuristic post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie where eventually i'm going to have to do battle with alien overlords so i try not to think about it too much (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's Big Brother time. All right. Uh, on that note, uh, I hope you have a satisfying uh, and well hydrated weekend, Rachel McGrath. I intend to. I'm going to spend it in my swimming pool with a large glass of iced water. Good for you. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you soon, Rachel. Alrighty. Thank you. <clears throat> there you go, Rachel McGrath, ladies and gentlemen. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Yes. This is a good time to break. Well done. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back after this with something or other. Happenings of an indeterminate nature. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. On uh, just a few moments, we will begin the uh, AM 970 noon news hour. You're looking quizzically at your news pile. No, I'm out of vanilla creamer. I oh. know how I can uh, do we not, uh, does Richie not have any? I thought Richie was the keeper of the vanilla creamer. I don't think so. I'll just have to be a tough guy and go without it. All right. Well, I, I can check up. Mad. Hold on. No, no, no. Let's find out. Let's check. I know he's not upstairs. I don't know. Really? Why? What's back there? Oh, that's, a huge, that's a case of... They spent the entire budget on new washers for the toilet. <laughs> it's a case of Easy Mac back there. I don't know if that helps you much. Instead of creamer, would you take cheese sauce? No. Okay. I'm calling to buy advertising. Oh, you'd like to buy some advertising? <laughs> I well, knew that would make Rick I, Emerson I, is our best show. I, I, I knew that that would cause somebody to answer the phone. Uh, hey, Dave, uh, not to, not to talk to you like you're this guy, but do you know if we have any vanilla creamer? 
Oh yeah. Please. How many you want? Just one. I don't even. Are are we still talking about coffee? I don't yeah, know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I mean, I, I you know, I, not a big deal if we're out of it. We'll tell you know we're we're game day players. We'll tough it out. But I was just curious if there was any lurking around upstairs. It's lurking, and uh, it'll be there in just a moment, sir. You're a good person, Davison. So are you. Thank you. Peace. All right, there you go. I have uh, one liquid one over here. I should go up there. Uh, I think he's probably on the way down now. Kristen just oh, found one. What is that powdery stuff you just found? It was the I, I don't same know thing, but powder. There. Uh, do you yeah. not, do you, Tim? Do you not truck with powdered creamer? I don't know where that came from or how long it's been there. I would say from. I mean, that could be ground up horse hooves. <laughs> for all I, know. I would where, say where from, that come from from someone creepy, and it's probably been there forever. That would be my yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing about non-dairy creamer. Okay, it's not made of dairy. What is it? That's a good question, isn't it? I mean, is it soy? Because, for example, there's some things that are fake that are better for you. Uh, for example, those uh, like fake bacon bits or whatever, better for you than real bacon because they're usually soy. Here's like the thing. shelf life of that stuff. Forever. Really? Uh, I think soy doesn't have to be, uh, I think like like dried soy you can just leave out forever, I think. I don't think you ever oh. have to use it. Speaking of that, I mistakenly cooked something that you might like. I took some tofu and I added a little soy sauce to it. Yes. And I deep fried it. And it came out tasting for, for what is described to be bacon. Really? So now here's a here's a question. As a vegan, do you really do you know what bacon tastes like? I think so. A long time ago, as a kid, you I was sort of forced a, to eat a memory. It. They have a good vegan so it's sort of, simulation of bacon. So out there. you yeah, made this. So you made this tofu soy thing, or you deep fried, and then you went, hmm, bacon. So it's you think it might really? Now, yeah, well, I, I was cooking it for someone else, and they said it. This tastes just like bacon. Well, see, now I have to try. See, really, if they could create, let me just tell you right now, if they could create some sort of vitamin-infused bacon, I don't know why they haven't done that already, as a matter of fact. Seriously, you can never get guys to take care of themselves. You know what I mean? Guys don't want to take vitamins. They don't want to take their heart medicine. Guys don't want to take, you know, their, their, their whatever. Take your blood pressure medicine. Ah, then maybe later, you know? Uh, if you can create some sort of vitamin-infused bacon... Infuse it with, like, Centrium or something? You would just have the <laughs> healthiest group of guys on planet Earth. I mean, the, the male the male life expectancy go up, like, by 15 years, probably. Minus the frying and the oil, you know. But I'm saying it could be, you know... Well, first of all, A, have you seen that alarm clock that wakes you up with the smell of bacon? Oh. 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 I think I have. Wow. Is it shaped like a wooden pig? Yes. Yes. It looks I fantastic. I don't know how it works, but I want one. B... Uh, it was my other point. B, B, we never did find out about that pre-cooked bacon they supposedly sell on the snack aisle now at the supermarket. Apparently it's right near the chips, but I can't find it, and I've looked. Uh, it's like a pre-made bacon that's like in a bag, and it just keeps forever. And you can just buy it and then have it around and just... The great taste of bacon whenever you want it. I don't know sort of how like I the, feel about that. It's like the gogurt of the pork world. Uh, so, um, anyway, so that's a thing. Also, wait, what was I even talking about? Coffee creamer... Non oh, two more questions. Half of one we've already done. So, non-dairy creamer. So, it's not dairy. Is it just like pencil shavings or something? It could be anything, actually. Hey, Dave Zinn is here with some vanilla creamer for you. Dave Zinn, thank you very much. Dave Zinn, you're a good person. You Tim's, are. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dave Zinn. Thank you, Dave Zinn. Wow, he brought one for everyone. No, he's, uh, Dave is, uh, you know, Dave's a team player. He is. Here at CBS, we're big believers that everybody should row in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dave Zinn. Thank you. Thank All you, Dave. Right. Dave. Be a little something in your Christmas check. Uh, so that, also this, this probably doesn't affect you, Tim, because you're a vegan, and I don't know if you eat these, Kristen, but the Kraft singles are like the, you know, the singles of American cheese, those, uh, sliced, wrapped cheese pieces. cheese, but not American cheese. See, those things are fantastic, and here's the thing I don't understand. It's like rubber. You know, it's all relative, but to me, <laughs> I have to tell you that part of just 
uh, I don't know if it's good or bad, but part of growing up maybe in a certain in a certain strata of the American socioeconomic world is that all kinds of alternate or cheap or inferior or fake versions of things have more resonance for me than real versions. For example, it's well documented that I prefer fake Christmas trees to real Christmas trees. Uh, and that, and I realize I'm in the minority. That's just because that's what I grew up with. I never had a real, I'm not, I'm not complaining about it. And I'm not like trying to be tiny Tim about it or something. I just, we just never had a real tree. My dad got us a fake tree once. And that was what we used from Sears. It was like six feet tall, and we used it every year. And so that's just sort of what I'm acclimated to. It's just a, a fake tree just seems like what you're supposed to have. Uh, also, it's like, uh, you know, I know that there's good chocolate in, in the world, and there's like real, actual, quality chocolate. But to me, real, actual, quality chocolate tastes kind of weird. To me, chocolate is supposed to taste like that weird uh, stuff that they make the hollow Easter bunnies out of. Like to me, that's... I thought I was the only one that felt like that. No, to me, that's the. And definition. I'm from Gresham, so I, I can understand that. <laughs> I'm, that's what to me chocolate is supposed to taste like, and that's just because it's what I grew up with. Um, so the like uh, like fake ass cheese, like we would they would serve us a lot of that in school sometimes, melted on stuff, and they used to have this ad campaign for the craft cheese slices where they would say, I swear to God, they would say. There's a quarter cup of milk in every slice. I remember that. How is that possible? It seems logistically non-feasible. Especially since the size of it. It's minuscule. It's like yeah. a piece of paper. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, like the, it's basically the size of a Post-it note. How is it that there can be a quarter cup of milk in something that is the size and thickness of a Post-it note? Maybe it's the same quarter cup of milk, and they keep recycling it like a, like a water feature. Thanks for that. Thank it you. just goes right through the middle of it and back again. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you for putting that idea in my head. Well, he doesn't eat this stuff, so he doesn't. Right. It doesn't really matter. That's right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello, sir or madam, is the case maybe. Me? Hello, hi. Hi, I just wanted to let you know, um, I cashier, and I've noticed that that American cheese stuff you guys are talking about yeah. isn't actually cheese. It has to be referred to as cheese food. They can't actually call it cheese because there's not enough substance, like, it's actually cheese in it. Well, maybe we're talking about two different things. Now, what are you referring to? The Kraft Singles. Really? That they can't call it? Now, I understand that, like, that, like... It's the generic ones. I know that, like, cheese whiz is cheese food and spray cheese is cheese food, but yeah, I but thought... American cheese, most American cheese is cheese food. I thought that Kraft Singles were actual cheese, though. Nope. All right. Oh, boy, I'm just the most gullible guy on earth. All right. I just thought you should know. That's not, not really cheese, and you shouldn't eat it. Not, ter- not terribly surprising, but but I appreciate the knowledge anyway. Thank you. Yep. What about the powdered uh, cheese go. and macaroni and cheese? I don't know. I have no idea what that is. That's just like that's like sanded down pieces of wood. That's all that is. It doesn't stop me from eating it. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, I'm 35 years old. I probably eat four boxes of that a month. I probably average a box of Kraft macaroni a week. Good for you. And have forever. <laughs> have since I was born, probably. That's awesome. Seriously, over the course of my 35 years, I have probably eaten, I mean, thousands. I mean, probably because I ate it a lot growing up. Uh, in my early, uh, you know, days of radio, it, no, that's all I ate. Uh, and I know every, the old joke about, like, when you're poor, you eat Top Ramen, and I, I couldn't do that. That was just too much. The, the Top Ramen was just cutting back. What, I can only think of a few times that I really had nothing to eat but Top Ramen, and even then, I would just, I would spring, I say, as though I'm a big spender, I would splurge, and this is what I would do, and then we should start the news hour. Oh, here are these creamers, Tim. I'm not going to use these. Are you sure? I'm not a, I'm not a fan of sweet things. Oh, okay. For the most part, and uh, so that that's and Mike, I got to take my coffee. I can't have flavored coffee. It's uh flavored coffee just doesn't work with me. Plain coffee? 
Uh, well, or or, regu- or just with regular cream, but like a sweetened or flavored coffee. I can't uh, I can't get behind that. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so uh, but I know the whole thing of like, and I was poor and I was just eating top ramen. And the only the only times that I really did have to just eat top ramen. Even then, what I did is I would spring a little bit, and I would get many, many, many packages, like a case of Top Ramen, and then I would buy like a big thing of like uh, of like spaghetti sauce, and then I would make like the, like the worst, most like the, the worst, most like low budget spaghetti you could possibly imagine. But when you're stuck eating Top Ramen, it's actually being that broke is even more depressing that you have to eat Top Ramen on top of being broke. And it's the worst thing for yeah. you. I mean, it's all starch and sodium. Uh, I mean, it's just basically just salt on top of glue. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it is. So, but but you know, but my my general meal was was like a like a boxed macaroni, and I still eat it now. So I mean, I must have eaten thousands of boxes of that. I mean, over the course of my life, and I have no no plans to stop that now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please prepare yourself. This is the AM nine seventy noon news hour. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So today it's going to be at least. 104 degrees. Well, that's great. And it's going to be close to 100 tomorrow. Not back into the 80s till Sunday. Not back into the 70s till Monday. So uh, plan your day accordingly. It's going to be very, very hot everywhere. Uh, Two people suffered burns in the southeast Portland house fire this morning. This is at... 1405 Southeast 40th Avenue. Are you familiar with that neighborhood? Uh, It's where, where, where? 1405 Southeast 40th Avenue. I am familiar with that. What happened there? Uh, house fire. Two people hurt. Jesus. Happened around 826. You're probably at work by that. Yeah. Uh, two victims were able to escape the house on their own before firefighters arrived. One victim has burns to the chest, hands, and face. Uh, both were taken to the hospital. Investigators will now work to determine what caused the fire. Well, we can only speculate, but we won't. A heavy equipment operator escaped injury after a portion of the old Sauvy Island Bridge collapsed on him today. He was taking the bridge apart oh. and probably pulled out the wrong screw. <laughs> Which of these should I take out? Screw number one or two? Well, I'll just guess. And then you can pretty visualize what happened next. It's like that thing in the spy movie where you got you got to cut one of the wires to stop the mm-hmm. countdown for the bomb. You know, and it's like, well, do I cut the pink one or the blue one? I'll just guess. Yeah. So this uh, fellow was able to walk away after a concrete span uh, fell some 25 feet to the ground. Very America in the old bridge. They got a new bridge over at Savi Island. So uh, they're trying to dismantle the old one, and apparently things didn't go as well as expected. So any moment now, we will find out, allegedly, if this is... Uh, I get a picture of this Bigfoot. And my question is, if this is really Bigfoot, why are they giving away pictures of it? Well, that would be, I mean, uh, this whole thing just makes me tired. So, let's start with this. Where are they doing this press conference and for who? Isn't it Georgia? But I mean, but I mean, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, like, are they at a laboratory? Are they at a hospital? Are they at the, some local, some local university? Or, or is it just like some guys and they rented out the conference room at a Howard Johnson's? So uh, this is taking place. Let's see. Uh, okay. They're holding a press conference in Palo Alto, California. All right. To divulge photos and DNA samples purportedly pertaining to a dead man-ape found in the Georgia woods. <laughs> but even the uh, true believers are growing skeptical of these claims, especially after seeing the photo of the body, which they are showing online. What, so what were the D? De- I wish I knew more about science. I don't understand what the DNA 
It doesn't even make any sense. What, you have nothing to. Okay, I got to stop because my whole because my brain is sort of like all the gears are. So this is up. a seven foot seven inch creature. But what would the DNA possibly show if it's a thing that doesn't already exist? Do you know what I mean? Or if right. it's a mixture of two things? Mm-hmm. I mean, how would the? So maybe at least show the species. Maybe. Right. Are you making that up? Do you no, know? No, no. If if they do a DNA test, it would show the species, and if there if there's two different species, it would show that. All right. See, this is maybe I don't really know how DNA works. I mean, really, unless it's being unless it's being used to put some guy away on CSI, I don't really understand how it operates. So, so apparently, people are saying the photo that they're showing uh, looks like a costume with some fake guts <laughs> thrown on top of it. Can I get a costume with some with a side of guts, please? It's a costume with some fake guts. Well, that's what somebody's claiming it looks like. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I gotta pull. I gotta sit down for a second. This uh, this is one of those things. An right? online costume store, thehorrordome.com. Uh, sells a full-size Sasquatch suit that strongly resembles the thawed-out corpse, right down to the height. So it definitely looks like our costume, said the owner, Jerry. Let me ask you this. Is the corpse somewhere where, like, an actual scientist can look at it? Yes. Is Where is the body of Bigfoot? I can't even believe we're having this discussion. Where is the body of Bigfoot? Where Where in the world is Carmen Bigfoot? Where is the Where is the body? Okay, let's look here. Is it in Georgia? I don't mean to be interrogating you as though you're one of the Bigfoot people. I just, this whole thing is very frustrating to me. Uh, right. Just show us the goddamn Bigfoot or not. Quit being so coy about it. Well, they're going to be showing it any time now. But, but there, really, if there's a scientist not... there, there shouldn't be any speculation whether it's a costume or not. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's so difficult. This it's easy to tell synthetic fur from real fur. This is this is the this is like the uh, uh, I forget exactly what it was, but we had so we had some story a while back where it seems like you know like you could just find out, just tell us, you know, and instead they sort of like you know they sort of fiddle around with it. So like it's it's like uh, the DB Cooper thing. There was that guy who was in the news a while back, and he's like, yeah, my dad uh, admitted on his deathbed he was DB Cooper, and then. And this is like an Associated Press story. And my dad admitted on his deathbed that he was D.B. Cooper, and then he slipped me two keys to a safety deposit box where he said all the money was kept. And then, like, they never followed up on that. They just never addressed that again in the story. Well, people lose interest. But it, it, Okay, but I guess my point is, when reading that D.B. Cooper story, I, and I think probably everybody else, said, and you did what with the keys that supposedly opened the box that have all the money? Yes, no. Anything? Come on. Do you think Geraldo kind of ruined that whole hype? build-up thing for everybody else? Maybe, I suppose that, but I mean, I guess, I guess I'm guess i very I'm very much a binary sort of person that I just want to know. I just want the answer. And so when they're sort of deliberately vague about it like this, so my question is, if they've got the Bigfoot body, why can't they just take some guy and, as Kirsten pointed out, I think the average scientist could either go, hmm, that's a living creature, or hey, that's all made of rubber and twine. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the very fact that they will not just show the body to some guy from a lab indicates that the whole thing is a fake. I mean, not that I seriously believed it was real, you know, at all, except that I'm sort of open-minded about these things. One never knows what kind of creatures, uh, you know, live on. It's like, do you remember that guy a few weeks ago that was like, said he had some videotape of an alien looking at his bedroom window? I mean, oh, it sounds, yeah. I mean, it sounds stupid even now to talk about it. But, I mean, there was like a day and a half where the media took it seriously. No, no, no. He's going to show stills from this footage, and he claims that it shows an alien gray looking at its window late at night at and tapping. At time, there shouldn't be stills. There should be video of That's... it, like, moving around, waving or something. Well, and that was the other thing is, like, he had the video, but he was, like, holding it back. He was just going to show ridiculous. some stills. Whatever. And that's, seriously, and it's like, when I hear stories like that, I want to be able to sort of atomically beam myself into his house so I can punch him in the face over and over and over again. 
That seems reasonable. <sighs> I'm sorry, Tim. I didn't mean to be all angry about it just now. I wonder if any of these calls were about Bigfoot. It could be Bigfoot calling. Seriously. No body or it didn't happen. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. No, it's not about Bigfoot. How about D.B. Cooper? Nah. And Clyde Lewis getting interviewed this morning by NWCN News. Voice number one wants to talk about uh, Clyde and D.B. Cooper. How do we feel about that? Tim? I suppose you can let it go. Kristen? I suppose. All right. What do you got? Not that we're excited about it. Well, you know, Clyde was, I, I saw him and I was like, oh, crap, what's he doing on the TV? Clyde Osama was on. No, Clyde what? Lewis. Please start, please begin this, this uh, statement again. All right. Watching the news this morning and saw the interviewed with Mr. Clyde Lewis. Yes. Okay. So Clyde was in it. Where was he interviewed, sir? Uh, looked like it was somewhere up, in, up off the river. I, I guess my question was, um, Wow. I guess my question was, uh, well, what was what, what, where, where was the program? Was this on K2? Where was this, sir? Northwest Cable News Channel. It's kind of like uh, Channel 8 for the whole region. Okay, then. And so what was the content of the interview, sir? Uh, they're looking into more evidence about the D.B. Cooper case again. But, I mean, was there, like, for, for, for what reason was Clyde being interviewed? What, what was he bringing to the table, sir? I have no idea. He was just involved in it, and they interviewed him. What were the answers to the questions? Well, we're just looking into more evidence. <laughs> All right, then. I, uh, I'll i try to track that down online, sir. Thanks for your help. Right. Thank you. Thanks. So that much. wasn't a very useful Thanks. Call. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. Well, I guess your stories uh, are memorable. Do one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, for the love of God. Hey, Rick, this is Jesse. Hello, sir. Hey, um, if you check your email right now, um, it might be in your uh, in your spam folder. Uh, I sent you the same news story that my girlfriend sent me a couple of days ago when the whole Bigfoot thing broke, mm -hmm. and there are pictures with it. Um, you can have a look at that. Uh, one question, though. Uh, I've tried to send emails lately to uh, Tim and Sarah, mm -hmm. and they keep getting bounced back to me. Uh, Any ideas why? Well, are you, to what, are you sending it to 970.am? Yes. Uh, we've had a few issues lately. One is just we had some general IT issues. The other is CBS, God loves CBS. It is, uh, it is the, 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 proud, the, the, the company that proudly employs us and uh, brings entertainment to the masses the whole world over. I will say this, however. Through no fault of CBS uh, Radio Portland's IT department, it's not their fault. It's simply, a, I believe, some sort of an edict from corporate. Let me put it this way. What, do you use, like, Gmail, Hotmail? What do you use? Uh, Yahoo normally. Okay, Yahoo. I use Yahoo as well for some things. You can keep like five gigs of information in your Yahoo account, and it's free, uh -huh. right? You can just store for it. You know, let me just ask you this. I don't have you guess. You can store like a gig of stuff, uh, which is, I believe, a thousand megs, give or take, uh -huh. in your Yahoo mail for free. How much, what would you believe the storage capacity is of the CBS mail server? Um... 3.2 megabytes? It is 3 megs. You are exactly correct. <laughs> so if at any point your mailbox uh, here at CBS is over 3 megs, uh, one can neither send nor receive. That is that's stunning. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, and so wow. if you neglect it for even a day or two, mm -hmm. it, or if some guy in the company sends you a photo, MP3, hey, check out this dancing baby, whatever, uh, it fills up and you can't get anything. I see. Yeah. Okay. So sorry uh, hey, about that. Uh, that's okay. One more thing. Apropos mm -hmm. of nothing, I have ants in my kitchen, and it annoys me. Well, okay. I'm sorry to hear that, sir. Yeah, these things happen. You maybe know, you should buy. Uh, maybe you should buy an anteater. Well, actually, I've bought ant bait, and uh, every couple, you know, every couple of days they come in, they take some, they leave for a couple of days, and then more show up. So it's part you of know, the circle of, of life. Yeah. Right. Thank, Thank you. Guys, they're fun. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
All right, I'm looking at these photographs. I, they were, in fact, in my trash. Uh, thank you, sir. They, I don't know what it is, man. Some attachments get through, some of them don't. All right. There is email in our trash. Is that what you're saying? Well, in mine. Uh, my uh, it, Sometimes the attachments get routed to my spammer threshold. Here we go. For a meeting, this is the press conference. This is the last thing I'm going to say about it until somebody can just produce Bigfoot here in the studio. Mm-hmm. For the love of Christ. This is the press release. For immediate release, August 12th, which is Tuesday, DNA evidence and photo evidence to be presented at a press conference to be held on Friday the 15th, that's today, from noon to 1, so it's happening now. Place, the Cabana Hotel, Palo Alto, El Camino, blah, 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 and Real, Palo Alto, California, da, 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 a Crown Plaza Resort. So now we have uh, photographs. Wow, are these really the guys who were looking for Bigfoot? You, at some point, these guys have got to figure out, if you looked... I mean, if you dress as though you are a gin-soaked rube, people are probably not going to take you seriously. There's one guy in what appears to be a stained, sweaty, white T-shirt and shorts. Another guy who is wearing an ill-fitting camouflage T-shirt with matching ill-fitting camouflage shorts. And another guy who appears to be covered in some sort of white stain from head to toe. Uh, in the first photo, they are standing next to a like one of those one of those those deep freezer things, uh-huh. like in your basement. Can't see into it. The second photo is apparently a photo of the inside of the freezer, and it's just a big pile of brown. There's just no discerning any of the. Okay, I'm not going to spend any more time on this. I'm done. I did really life is too short. So you know, all right. I'm moving on. Now I'm embarrassed that I've taken this much time to talk about Bigfoot. Here's Tim Riley. A mystery animal scratches an Oregon man in the woods. So we're not done. Uh, this from the uh, Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. A Brooklyn's man, a Brookings Harbor man, received minor injuries, but an unidentified animal bit and scratched him in a remote mountain just outside of Brookings. The Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife responded immediately. Although hound dogs and other methods were used, the animal has not yet been found. We're still investigating this. It's unclear what kind of animal it is, but current evidence indicates... It was not a large carnivore. They're encouraging you, those of you who recreate in forested areas, to know how to respond to animal bites. So this is a uh, mystery animal. So there's a mystery animal who's attacking people. A mystery animal. Another animal story. Apparently, Tennessee animal control officials are mystified after catching the third donkey wandering around town (laughs) in the last few days. This is the third donkey that's turned up loose in the city in two months. This is Dyersburg, Tennessee. Animal Control Officer Barry McCord said the incident came about uh, two months after a mother donkey and her baby were found wandering around downtown. He thinks tough economic times may be be to blame. Theorizing people may be turning animals loose. Uh, Nobody's claimed all these missing donkeys, so they had to tranquilize what they uh, termed a mean 2,000-pound donkey that got loose on the uh, Dyersburg golf course. I do like the idea that donkeys are suddenly that they're going to take over the city. Mm-hmm. That they might just be multiplying and they just uh, sort of roam freely. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hi. This is Carol. Hi. Uh, Bob Ralston. Yesterday, you were talking about him and playing some of his music. Bob Ralston. He was the keyboard player on the Lawrence Welk program, and I own yes. several uh, vintage vinyl uh, recordings of him singing, st- or, you know, playing standards of the day. Yes. Well, I grew up having to watch the Lawrence Welk show with my family. As did we all. And um, I find myself gravitating back to that type of music. And I hadn't thought about it for a long time, so I went on his website 
and it said, join my newsletter or something like that. So I clicked it and put in my email address. I got an email from Bob Ralston yesterday. Really? And Yeah, and he said, uh, Carol, thanks for writing. If I had a newsletter, I'd like to have you put on there, but since I don't, thanks for writing. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, wait, so you can subscribe? You can subscribe to a newsletter that does not, in fact, exist. It doesn't exist anymore, but it's, it's you know, subscribe to my newsletter. So I thought, oh, way cool. But it really is not so much a newsletter subscription. It's just a prompt for him that someone else has remembered that he is alive. Absolutely. But right. he did. I mean, within the hour, he wrote back to me. So Maybe I, we should I get him on. Really... We'll get him on as some sort of a, like, some sort of a follow-up. Since we can't get, what's his name, uh, Corla Peacock or whatever his name is and from yesterday. And since you were asking about his Wurlitzer organ and that, yes. if you go on to Wikipedia, I forget what the name of it is, but it tells the name of the organ that he played while he was on there. All right. I will look it up this afternoon. Thank you. Okay. All bye. right. Thank you. Bob Ralston, ladies and gentlemen. Well, not that wasn't Bob Ralston. You know what I mean. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hi. I was just going to let you know that um, DNA tests will determine kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, and species of uh, Bigfoot or not. Best show ever. Thank you. Uh, there we go. She just wanted a chance to say that. Uh, this is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Portland becomes a test market for new dollar coins. The Sacagawea dollar was a dot. How about Millard Fillmore or Calvin Coolidge? The U.S. Mint's uh, two tries to introduce a dollar coin in recent years have tanked, but they're trying it again, and they're testing them here. Well, let's see. Now i got to go home and figure out I, uh, that gold coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it, And isn't it impossible to say gold coins without sounding like one of those guys who's pimping something and, like on a late-night talk show? Yes. Gold coins are the only real way to save money. The Where government you're feeling is feeling like you're five years old with the little chocolate gold coins again. Totally, exactly. You'll, you, you know, because that that is really, I mean, that's a thing you hear advertised uh, a lot on AM radio. You know, it's a... Gold coins are really the only investment. The government's out to get you. 9-11 was an inside job. You know, it's like, <laughs> hide under your bed. Gold coins. Uh, so those guys. Um, but um, but so I was at the uh, at the, uh, the, the the plant pantry the other day, and she gives me like, you know, and she actually had to point it out to me. She's like, here's your change. One and five makes ten and whatever. And she's like, that's a gold coin. And I said, oh, that's interesting. And I took it and I just dumped it in my, my coin jar at home. But I have to go back and look at it now to see exactly who's on it. Uh so they're but, going to do all the presidents. They're not going to do... Did you, are you screwing me? They're going to do a Millard Fillmore coin? Yeah, the coin honors the presidents in the order they serve. They started coming out last year and continue at a rate of one every three months. So they'll get through them all. Millard Fillmore, by the way, uh, here's the only reason you need to care about him. He was the 13th president, and he was the last president who was a member of the Whig Party. Wow. Really? I mean, there you go. That's it. He was the last Whig to be in office. W-H-I-G, wow. Millard Fillmore. Uh, also, this. Let me ask you this about presidents, Tim, and everybody. Right. So, we've all grown up with that, like that one picture of. I mean, you could probably picture it in your head right now, even if you can't draw it. That one picture of George Washington, where he's got like the mushroom haircut and he's uh, the, the black, uh, the black outfit with the white jazz in the front, and then he's, you know, uh, I don't think you can see whether he's got like a ponytail or whatever. But you know, he had that thing. Uh, we've all grown up with the one picture of Abraham Lincoln. Can I ask you this? I mean, I know that he's the father of our country and all. Doesn't George Washington look kind of scary? Yeah, he does. Yeah. I mean, like, if he just appeared in the room staring at you right now, I mean, he'd look like that guy from it, Poltergeist 2. Or some guy in bad drag. He's pretty intimidating. <laughs> like a balding drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like Elton John in the uh, in the goodbye, in the, uh, in the uh, Candle in the Wind video. It'd be but, like Office Creepy when they had the Benjamin Franklin character come in. Did I don't remember. No, one? I didn't. Oh, he, he started hitting on the receptionist. Ugh. That's creepy. Uh, I mean, the presidents all look kind of weird and sure. sort of menacing and... and you know, and like a lot of them, like you look at, like you look at some of the presidents, like maybe, uh, you know, like you start moving up to like uh, through the Ulysses S. Grant days, 
and they all kind of look, I don't mean any disrespect to the, uh, the, the, the past presidents and founders of our great nation, but you look at some of the past presidents, and they all look strangely like those guys who are always being led out of a compound somewhere because they've got a bunch of 12-year-old girls in a barn because they've got to impregnate them before Jesus comes back. You know what I mean? Those guys who are like running those like nutcase, like like girls' sex rings or whatever. That's what a lot of the presidents look well, like. You know, the English did send their criminals over here. All the religious, all the religious crazy yeah. people. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought that was just England to Australia. I, it started off over here, too. All right. Well, that does explain a lot, I suppose. So the presidents are all kind of... They're all kind of weird looking. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in any event, here's Tim Riley. Doctors counted 22 pellet wounds after a man with dementia was shot at in the Portland Park. Gary Regat uh, said he tried to defend himself from teens armed with a BB gun while he was doing his daily walk through Pier Park in the St. John's area. He suffers from diabetes, dementia, and other effects of a stroke. He tried to find out the teens as he staggered to his home. He had blood down his cheek, and his shirt was off, and he had all these red spots, says his wife. I asked him what happened, and they said, some kids uh, some kids jumped me, so apparently they caught the kids. Police arrested a 15-year-old boy on second-degree assault charges in connection with the shooting. They're investigating the other suspects. So walking in St. John's is not a good deal, really. A family whose mother was cremated before they could say goodbye had their day in court. The family gets $48,000 in the judgment against the cremation. Although they uh, had a claim of $3 million to compensate for emotional distress. They claimed the funeral director tried to cover up the mistake by saying the body was too decomposed to view. Uh. The funeral director uh, argued that his business did its best to tactfully tell the country that it shouldn't view the body. So uh, they cremated it beforehand. A high school social studies teacher in Ontario, that's in eastern Oregon where nobody goes, has been accused of soliciting sex with a 13-year-old who was really an adult acting as a boy. I don't know. So you've heard this all before. <laughs> just, I mean, it, I think they're like just the last guys to, you know, to get the memo, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, and as I think we noted, uh, uh, you know, a while back, uh, I mean, I guess we can all be grateful for the stupidity of criminals. Mm-hmm. I think Sarah was telling us some story the other day where, like, she knew some guy who got a bunch of his stuff stolen, and, like, immediately the thieves were trying to sell it on Craigslist with their real home phone number. Like, hey, and so the guy just went online to see if maybe by chance anybody had found or seen his stuff. He types in the description of the stuff that had been stolen. It was like a bicycle and some other stuff. And immediately it's like, hi, my name is Ted, and I'm selling this bicycle. Here's my home phone number. And it was like the stuff that had been stolen. And so he just has the cops go over, and they knock on the door, and the guy sees the guy, and he goes, ah, crap. And then they arrest him, and now he's in jail. I mean, criminals are just freaking dumb. Pretty common with Craigslist, though. They're just, I mean, the, the criminal element is just so unbelievably stupid, which I suppose, again, is, is, is sort of a, you know, it's like a little bit of a release, release valve for which we can all be grateful. But you got these guys... Again, I guess to the benefit of society, are just so unbelievably thick mm-hmm. that they are the last people on earth to realize it's always a cop. It is never a 13-year-old cheerleader who really likes older guys. It's always a cop. And so, if you and a few times you watch that to catch a predator thing. I mean, the the hilarious thing about it, in some horrible way, is that you know the guys will come over and they, they knock at the door like, "Hi, it's a creepy older guy here to violate you." And they, you know, the, the guy goes in, and then the girl leaves the room, and then out comes the man. And every single time, uh, the creepy would-be molester, he looks at like, you know, whatever his name is. It's not Stone Phillips, is it? Who's is it? It's a, uh, it's Chris. God, oh my that first name is Chris. Nah, I, just can't I keep thinking of name. Chris Paddock, but that's highly unlikely. <laughs> Unless he's moonlighting with another job. 
No, he's too busy. It's not even gonna. Anyway, but they, but they but, you know when they go into the when they go into the house and the girl leaves the room and then out comes the you know they catch a predator crew and the cops and without fail every time the guy goes that crap because they've all seen the show. I mean, and yet and or yet the ones that gotten caught twice yeah, they're, they're, on the show and it's like I mean. It's that they're just so blindingly stupid that it does give you a little bit of hope for law and order. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, let's see. A trio is accused of stabbing a man in Gresham. Next story. <laughs> Enough said. It's nothing new. No. I think you can't get into Gresham without stabbing someone. Isn't that the truth? It's like a door prize. Or getting out without being stabbed. Uh, really? Yeah. You go through the gates of Gresham, you must have a knife. Otherwise, it's, you're not allowed it's in. Like, it's like running some sort of a horrible gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, bowing to competitive pressure, Beaverton-based Nike has allowed its sponsored swimmers to wear Speedo's much-admired racing suit in the Beijing Olympics. But at least two of uh, Nike's sponsored swimmers were taped or, or taping over the Speedo logo during the competition. Apparently, this was on the TV. Speedo's logo doesn't show on suits worn by Nike athletes Cullen Jones and Jason. This is all one big commercial anyway. Yeah, I was... I Who was cares about the athletic... I want to hear about those cheating Chinese. Okay, so that's... So let me ask you this. So, I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise us that perhaps a government was less than forthcoming about the nature of their competition, but w- please to explain that. What is the deal with the allegedly cheating Chinese at the Olympics? Well, first there were the fake fireworks. Then they had the fake girl who was singing. Mm-hmm. So that's like two things right off the bat that they lied about. Then apparently they're lying about the ages of the participants. So is this in gymnastics? I don't believe so. uh, it might be. What is the Kristen? Do you know? I I don't know the specifics. I just know they were leading us by like ten medals a couple days ago, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually so weird now that I read something online where somebody was somebody was accusing uh, the Chinese government, I believe, of putting. Either something good or something bad in the water. I couldn't like the swimming, the actual water that you swim in. I couldn't remember. But they, kind of conspiracy. Sure, well, I mean, obviously it's crazy, yeah. but I mean, but you know, but then again, who knows? I mean, they, they really they they did attempt to. I mean, this was the same government that was shooting missiles at the weather, trying to control the weather, and when that when that didn't work, they just created a fireworks display from scratch on the computer, which they tried to pass off as real. So it's not like it's out of the question that they do something I weird. Mean, it's China. Does it really surprise anybody if they do get caught cheating that they no. are doing it? No, I mean, of course on. not. No. Uh, you know, they're, uh, they're it's, uh, you know, I, I think it is par for the course. So so I guess there's some uh, some girl that they're claiming is 14. Yeah. But it's like the accusation is she's really like 16 or something. And I don't, I don't even, I mean, it's just, it's just like so unbelievable. I'm not even going to say it's uninteresting. It's just really unsurprising, I would think, at this point. Because don't you don't you think like that's their, that's the whole deal, right? With the, that, that the Olympics is an opportunity for China to do a couple things. A, to, it's like they're sort of, uh, they're, they're uh, like a cotillion, but not quite that. Whatever, it's like a coming out party or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, look at us. We can be, you know, we can work and play well with others. We are announcing ourselves as a player on the world stage. You know, meanwhile, the cops are like bludgeoning some guy in a basement somewhere. Uh, and then B, obviously we know, and I'm not saying that the United States government does not do this kind of thing, but I think we all know that um, perhaps uh, oppressive or somewhat dictatorial nations do have a history of using Olympic events as some sort of a uh, forum for which to display the alleged superiority uh, of their athletes. Kind of a flexing of the... See also Munich... Uh, see also like everything the Soviet Union ever did, uh, and I mean, and you know, and of course you hate to get shown up, right? I mean, 
That was, I mean, that was, I'm, and I'm not trying to compare the Chinese government to, like, Hitler as such. But, I mean, you know, but, I mean, that was the thing, that was the thing at the 36 Olympics. Like, Hitler, you know, just, just, just the overconfident boob that he was, just kept doing that, like, you know, the 1936 will be an Olympics to, we will demonstrate the superiority of the, the Aryan race, and we will demonstrate, the, Jesse who, and the, you know, and then they just thought, like, Jesse Owens just hosed them all. Mm -hmm. Just screwed all of them. And, you know, and Hitler just looked like a tool. Uh, and so... And I, you know, and of course, the Soviet Union has had a history of sort of boasting and then having it shoved right back in their face. And you got to think that maybe China, you know, was sort of thinking like this is our chance to prove that it's like us that we're the we're the next we're the next great people of the earth. They've never really had their time to look like fools. No, so uh, it does not necessarily. I would I will not be surprised if it turns out that there were many shenanigans happening. An emergency landing by Barack Obama's campaign jet last month was apparently more serious than first reported. ABC News reports the pilot told an FAA air traffic controller he wanted to have uh, crash equipment standing by in St. Louis. That's kind of interesting. Let's hear what he had to say. Nope. Is my pot up? He had uh, emergency stuff standing by in St. Louis. This time uh, we'd like to declare this an emergency and also have uh, ATFR standing by in St. Louis. I will show that. And uh, would you, do you have a preference on runways? Would you like runway threes or right or runway threes or left? Which one is the longest? Three runway, three zero left. Okay, we'd like three zero left. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. He tells the air traffic controllers he has a high-profile passenger aboard. Uh, just for informational purposes, uh, we have Senator Obama on board the aircraft in this campaign. Roger that. He says cheerfully. Wow, can I just... First of all... Ooh, that gives you goosebumps. Does does, it? it does. I mean... Boy, can I mean, there must be all kinds of pressure... If you are the guy, the air traffic controller who draws that duty, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, who's on the plane? Uh, it's nobody important. It's just the leader of the free world, you know, or whoever. You know, you get some. I mean, I think about that stuff a lot, uh, that when you are the, the poor guy who has to deal with a celebrity, a high-profile politician, and you're, and you're the whole time you're just thinking, oh, God, just please, just let me get through the day. Let me get through the day. Because you know that if you're on the job when something goes wrong, that, like, that's that's it. That's all for you, uh, I would imagine. So, uh, well, in any event, it, who were we talking to just the other day? It might have been off, off the air. It might have been in the kitchen. I was talking to somebody the other day, uh, and they were on a plane. I think the deal was it was them. They were on a plane, and there was some sort of problem. And the, the plane was having to circle, and there was some sort of an issue, and they couldn't quite get part of the landing gear. And that's the thing that freaks me as a landing gear, because I saw that. The, I, am, I am haunted uh, by fear of landing gear mishaps on planes ever since I saw The Ghost of Flight 409, starring Ernest Borgnine. And um, and so uh, I think about landing gear problems all the time because that's when the plane is like just going to skid on its belly and all the fuel is underneath there. And then it's like, you know, one big. <laughs> so a, we were talking to somebody here in the kitchen. They're on a plane going to land landing gear problem. And then this is the worst thing. Here's the image that will just haunt you for the rest of the day. And uh, if you're maybe you're going to travel sometime in the next day or two, think about this as the plane is coming down. Uh, I think it was a woman who worked there. Uh, she looked out the window. And she just sees fire trucks by the dozens lining up by the side of the runway. <laughs> Zam! So, uh, that's thank when you. you order a drink. Seriously, that's it. That's what's <laughs> like, how many Valium do I have left? I'll just take all of them. So, uh, so think about that. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley, and we'll take a break here. Well, a speaking of Ernest Borgnine, he created a YouTube moment during his recent visit to Fox & Friends. At the age of 91, Ernest Borgnine was asked about... His secret to a long life. I don't dare tell you. <laughs> no me. You don't know. eat me. I masturbate a lot. Okay, I think. <laughs>
There is Borgnine at 91. Don't visualize that. Wow. Wipe that very thought I wasn't your head. expecting that. Well, expect the unexpected on this program. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that to be broadcast in the news hour of this, uh, the, uh, it's part of the, uh, the new news hour here on AM 970, it, a news talk radio station. It, it is from Fox, which is a news channel. It is true. Well, this is a, uh, that, uh, that was a report of societal import, I would think. Mm-hmm. And how wow. do live such a long life? That's just, I mean, I'm not even going to say it's disturbing. I just didn't really expect that to come out of his mouth. You know? At 91. At 91. Well, don't try not to As think about it. That's sung by Janice Ian. <laughs> try not to think about it too much. <laughs> okay. By the way, somebody has... Wow, really? Yes. I'm not going to play it again. No, I'm not asking you to. No, no. Jesus. No, hell no. No, for the love of God. No, F no. Okay. Ernest Borgnine <laughs> at 91. A lot. Not just that he does it, a lot. He had to clarify that it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Who who else is on that show? Who was he talking to? Do we know? Never mind. I never watched the program. All right. I'm just wondering who had to be on the receiving end of that answer. By the way, here's a little clarification about the, the Chinese. Uh, this is from Seamus. He says, there are at least two girls alleged to be underage on the Chinese Olympic team. I'm assuming it's gymnastic. It's always gymnastics. Yeah. Uh, News agencies have uncovered Chinese news stories about two of the girls from as recently as nine months ago, where the girls were 13 or 14, which means that today they are 14 or 15. The age requirement is 16, so I had it backward. Younger people have more flexibility because the bones and plates in their bodies are still in the process of fusing. So you got to be true. So you got to be 16. And according to the Chinese, uh, their own news reports, the girls are 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. Well, so the question is then, does the IOC or whatever that is, do they, are they going to investigate this? Because they can't I, not. No. But I'm sure they're going to be, you know, encountering more lies as they go along. That's true. I mean, I can't even and imagine. being accused of uh, slandering the heroic Chinese people. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can't even... I mean, trying to uncover something in the American bureaucracy can just be trying to find something on the CBS on on the information server for CBS radio. Is that's like an all day sucker right there? I mean, I was what was I trying to find the other day? I was trying to it was just something insane. I was just trying to find out. I think literally I was just trying to find out like when Memorial Day was, and I'm looking online. I don't know why I just, 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 like, go to the store and buy a calendar. It would have been faster. Well, here's a challenge for you. Try to find out how many vacation days you have left. Oh, God, no. I mean, there's no, I mean, you got to set aside, like, a whole weekend to try to do that. If you, the CBS, it is called the Ike, the Information Knowledge Exchange. And the icon for it is like a helpful little microphone with a smiley face. Mm-hmm. And the, and he's really just smiling cruelly at the futility of your of your efforts to find out anything. He's taunting you? Yeah. I mean, the only knowledge exchanged on the CBS Information Knowledge Exchange System is the information exchange back and forth between you and your equally frustrated coworkers. Do you know how to do this? No. Uh, do you know how to do this? Does anybody know how to find out when... I just need to know when vacation... Does any? Can anybody help me? That's it. That's the only information. It, it's sloganish. You'll never find out. <laughs> So trying to find out uh, the truth from the Chinese government on this is that's going to be a little bit of a uh, not that we're comparing CBS to the Chinese government. No, no, CBS is much more efficient. I'm just look, we got look, we got our toilet fixed here. The toilet is fixed. I think we can thank Dave Zinn for that. They're working on the air conditioner. We asked for vanilla creamer. We received vanilla creamer. That's what sets us apart from uh, the Chinese. Tim Mm -hmm. is our vanilla creamer and the uh, efficiency with which we can locate same.
So there you go. Uh, well, let's do one call before we break. Should we do something about China and cobras, something about Bigfoot, or a mystery call? Mystery call. All yeah, right. mystery call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yes. Hi, Rick. Hey. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jim. Hello. It's, it's Kristen you know, Bowie today. I'm a big fan Sir. of uh, SpongeBob. Sir. And Ernest Borgnine does. Yes. Uh, so it is Kristen Bowie in for Sarah. Uh, for Sarah. Oh, Sarah wait a minute. Today. It is. I'm sorry. My apologies. Oh, it's okay. So, I'm a big SpongeBob SquarePants fan. Yes, sir. And you know Ernest Borgnine does a guest voice. I do. I do know that. Yes. Yeah, he is a mermaid man, and and now I'm I'm. I'm scarred. Well, I'm, I'm never going to be able to watch another episode with him on it again. I mean, it's just uh, it's just not something that one expects anyone to say on camera. But I guess maybe when you're 91 years old, there is sort of an effort kind of an attitude. So you know. Well, completely. I mean, I was thinking, you know, 91. What the hell? He doesn't care. Yeah, it's a bit of a laissez-faire attitude towards such personal disclosures. So, Great. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, take care. All right, take a break. Uh, if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll come back. Uh, remember, this week our goal is to get to all calls within 10 minutes. Uh, so if you're on hold about Bigfoot and or the Chinese, uh, stay there. We'll get to your calls around the corner. More from Tim Riley. Coming up later, I have confirmation. We will at long last be talking to Dorothy Cassisari for the National Enquirer today. Uh, later on, Ed McCarthy, Scott Daly, the top five and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. the Rick Emerson radio program. Here's an email from somebody without air conditioning. Subject line of this, 104 degrees. Email says, it is supposed to be 104 degrees today. Boy, am I effed. No, Rhonda just uh, has an update here. Now Rhonda says it's going to be 107. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, he says, the weather bar on my internet browser is actually showing a thermometer on fire. <laughs> there you go. Have fun with that. All right. Uh, and uh, so forth. And I don't mean to sound jerky about the air conditioning. I mean, I really don't. Uh, but I mean, it really... It, 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 you live in America. There's no reason not to have an air-conditioned house. I mean, really, it's time to it's time to take a bold step into the now, my friends. And I would I would say this... Especially I w- since they're so cheap. That's the thing. It's like, I I almost don't like to talk about it. Cause, well, you know, some of us can't afford... Look, here's the thing. You can't afford not to have air conditioning. That's going to be I my I work point. in radio, okay, and I have one. <laughs> I uh, th- There is no reason not to have air conditioning. They are now a very inexpensive item. Now, God, it's going to spike your power bill a little bit. But, I mean, seriously, what would you rather have? Just sit there just deflaking away and sweating into a pool of nothingness on your sofa, trying not to move all day? And all of done when it's responsibly used, like if you use it on the hottest days, it only adds like ten bucks a month. That's May, if that. That's that. See, that's the thing is, I think people have this idea in their head. Really, whoever, whatever it is, the industry that makes air conditioners, they really need to have some sort of a some campaign where they sort of re-educate the American people about this. Like I mean, an air I, conditioner PSA. Exactly, because people think. You know, they ought to have some myths about air conditioning because people think that air conditioning, you know, I don't think this because it's not. I mean, a lot of times people think air conditioning makes you sick. You hear that. Or people uh, will will think that, as you said, people think that air conditioning is, is exorbitantly expensive, which it is not. Uh, and people think that if you, uh, that the, the only way you can have air conditioning is to have like a window unit now, which is not true either. I was talking to Dave Zinn about this. 
Dave's like, ah, I don't know. I just don't. I want to have an air conditioning window in my unit. And I was like, dude, you have. I was talking to Cheryl about the same conversation. Uh, I have like a little, like a little portable air conditioner, like a floor unit. That's what I have. Floor unit, and you can set it up to, temporarily to vent, like out a window. There comes with a little, like a window install unit, covers up the vents, so you're not losing uh, the air out of the window. Costs, you know, a few hundred bucks. Uh, and then it adds, as you said, use it, you know, if you don't have it running all the time, if you use it on days when it, oh, I don't know, it's 107 degrees, it's going to add like $10 uh, to it. So, I mean, if you really, if you can, sp- if you can cut two Frappuccinos out of your monthly budget, then you're good to go, my friend. It's the only way I can survive through the summer because I have horrible, horrible, horrible hay fever. I can't go outside. Well, so and much. also, <laughs> you know, it's 107 degrees for mm-hmm. the love of, of sweet zombie Jesus. Who would so, want to live through that inside? All I'm saying is it's not even like we're really asking you to step into the 21st century. Really, if you could just step into the 1960s, that'll be enough. So you do live in the greatest country in the history of civilized man. It is time for you to get an air conditioner. So that's going to be the end of my speech. And I did close all my plantation shutters today because it turns my house into a terrarium anyway, even with the air conditioning. And is that those wooden, yeah. big wooden shutters yeah. like they have in Spain? Yeah, those are pretty great. So, yeah. And I'm with Kristen. I mean, uh, you know, Kristen works in radio. Even when I, you know, I mean, just early on, I mean, I, I was able, I was like, screw it. I'm getting an air conditioner. I don't care what I have to scrimp on. I don't care what I have to save. I don't care what I have to cut. I'm going to have an air conditioned house. Because because otherwise you just sit there and you just spend the entire day for the entire month for the entire summer wanting to die. So anyway, thus ends the lecture. <laughs> Thermometer icon on fire. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so let's talk about what's going on in uh, Georgia with those creepy Russians. They say they're withdrawing, but they're continuing to uh, kill people in their armies, slaughtering everything inside. Well, it's their only skill. That's true. Condoleezza Rice says Russia will have to officially sign an agreement for a ceasefire, some kind of like little piece of paper, appeasement thing. This is going to be a signed agreement, and I have to assume that the president of Russia, having given not just his word, but his signature to the president of the EU, will honor it. Then it'll have to be notarized. Wait, let me, <laughs> let me because without that, it could just be, it just be more warfare all day long. But let me ask you this. So we are now going to attempt to stem, we are going to try to quell the bloodshed between uh, Russia and Georgia, where Russia is just sort of going in and shooting everybody and kicking everything over, Mm -hmm. by having them sign a piece of paper. Right. Are there not, in fact, what are those things called? Laws that say you can't just go invading another country and killing everybody? Right. We wouldn't do that. I mean, but I guess, well, we would. We do. We will again in the future. Uh, But But it's all for freedom. But I guess... and for, I mean, you are free, inexpensive you household are free furnishings. To, to pay two hundred dollars for a tank full of gasoline, <laughs> which all this has brought us. Yeah. So, but I guess, I guess my only real point here is, as Dan Rydell once said, there are rules that are put in place to stop this. You know what they're called? They're called rules. So, really, if the idea that there are international laws against going in and just shooting all the uh, Georgians isn't enough to stop you, the idea that we're going to tack an additional piece of paper onto the top of that and that's suddenly going to Stop what seems to be a recently insatiable desire for bloodlust, uh, you know, on the part of the Russians. It, it, seems, it seems like maybe they haven't thought this plan all the way through. Well, they're starting a new file, basically, is what this comes down to. <laughs> okay. The uh, president of Georgia is begging for the international community to uh, step in and make Russia back off. And I shouted to the world, this is for to bring in tanks. Again, we screamed to the world, stop it. All right, well, oh. let's see if that works. What? Well, let's see if that works. It won't. Give peace a chance. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, Sylvester Stallone announces a deal with the Russians. He is going to promote Russian vodka. 
He has a one-year contract to appear in television and newspaper ads promoting Russian ice vodka. He's best known as Rocky. And uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, they're paying him a million dollars for the campaign and say it is a, a natural since Stallone's great-grandmother was a Ukrainian. Of course it's a natural. I was thinking of the same thing this whole time. Mm. Also, uh, uh, Rambo, John Rambo, didn't his character... Uh, never mind, I don't even care. I was just going to say, first of all, Rocky Balboa... It's just an odd thing, since he spent all of Rocky IV pounding a, a Soviet Union guy into, into dust. Uh, and then I do believe he spent most of Rambo III shooting Russians. Is that right? Yes. I'm pretty sure that most of Rambo III was spent machine-gunning Russians. So it just seems to be, again, maybe a non-intuitive choice. But, you know, what can you do? Also, that prompts this question. So, you know, you always hear this thing about how American celebrities go and they, they go over to some other country... Uh, and especially in the days before the Internet when you could go over and, you know, if you were some guy, some some Leonardo DiCaprio guy who was all about, like, his artistic integrity or whatever, you could you could just go to the other side of the country or the other side of the world and you could just lose all your artistic integrity and you could just sit there and do, like, an ad for some sort of Japanese chewing gum because you, nobody here would ever see it, and you could get, like, $5 million for it. So it does seem like maybe we ought to be looking into that. Maybe that's uh, maybe that should be the next bold step for the Rick Emerson show, where we market ourselves to, let's say, the Japanese as some sort of American celebrity, and then we see if we can do an ad for, I don't know, like... Uh, they pay crazy amounts of money, too. That's what I'm saying. Some sort of maybe seaweed toy for children or whatever it is they have over there. Uh, just see if we can get a little coin for that. I know people in Tokyo. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, you just let them know that let them know we're a big deal here. <laughs> uh, and then they, maybe they can hook us up and we can advertise some sort of product. I have no scruples about such things. I don't care. Hook me up. Fish candy. Uh, exactly. Uh, let's see here. Or that chewing gum they got that, that brushes your teeth. Uh, let's see. Uh, this email says, our HOA. What is that? Our HOA. Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to, to like a word. Our hua, our uh, homeowners association forbids window air conditioning. How do we get around that? We bought one of those fantastic portable air conditioning units. That's what we have. Uh, a little tube attaches to the window. We only cool what we want. Watching TV, air conditioning in the TV room. Going to bed, air conditioning in the bedroom. And then he signs it. It is glorious. Man rose from the depths of the seas because he wanted air conditioning. It really is what it's what sets us apart from. Uh, yeah, from if the you rally. don't have central air, the portable ones are fantastic. Really, you uh, you know, they really ought to just give you that as an American. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you know, when you're American, is you know, like uh, like uh, Mike Myers used to say, you used to just be given a copy of Tide you know, or a copy of Franklin Comes Alive with your Tide in the mail. Really, air conditioning ought to be the next great part of that. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, rumors continue to fly as to who may be included in the new Dancing with the Stars cast. Among the names mentioned are the original Batman Adam West, singer Tony Braxton, reality star Kim Karashdian, NFL great Dan Marino, and the Brady Bunch alumnus Florence Henderson. Cheetah girl Sabrina Bryan, who completed the fifth season of Dancing, says she has no idea who the new contestants may turn out to be. I don't have any scoop. It's so hard. I mean, I know when I was doing the season, there were so many rumors of this person and that person, and it was, like, so funny to have them, you know, usually be wrong so, so it was uh kind of it was fun uh-huh so this is dancing with the stars yes and the next it's going to be florence henderson well she's been mentioned as one of the possible contestants and not as a judge but as a kid I mean, she's like she's like 90 years old isn't she a lot she? of work for somebody that age i mean you know she doesn't look that old no she doesn't no i would still have uh, relations with her in a heartbeat i mean there's no no question about that there's none zero no hesitation she's still gorgeous but i'm just saying it I mean, I, well, whatever. You know, I guess following the model and example of Ernest Borgnine, we can all stay uh, 
active into life much later than we might have previously thought possible. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, Tim. Hey, uh, Kristen. What's Hello, up? Kristen. Uh, and then God said, let there be AC. Exactly. there was AC. Exactly. Uh, I want to say with uh, China and its recent shenanigans in the last uh, couple of years with trying to dominate the weather and uh, snuffing out our, our nation's children with all the lead, I think they're becoming uh, like Cobra from G.I. Joe. Just yeah. lots of shenanigans and just a headache in her. Can I tell you this? I looked at the screen and it said China, comma, Cobra, and I figured this was – here's what I thought this call was going to be. I thought it was going to be some sort of rumination upon the nature of China and perhaps their propensity toward, you know, evil, and that I thought it was going to dovetail into a discussion of Richie's Cobra whiskey, which came from a different part of Asia, but from Asia nonetheless, and now – it's gone in a wholly different yet very satisfying direction where you're making a G.I. Joe reference, which is wonderful. Also this, can I ask you a question? Here's a G.I. Joe question I have, and maybe it's a thing I knew at one point that I've just sort of forgotten about it. Maybe I never knew it. Why? And see, I'm going to ask this, and this is going to be like that Ronnie James Dio hearing aid thing the other day. And then somebody's going to go, well, of course, idiot, and then I'm going to feel dumb. Why sometimes does Cobra Commander have the hood thing on, but sometimes he's got that weird faceplate get up on. Uh, I don't have an answer for that, but I think he looks cooler with the face hood. I think he does. I mean, I think he does, too. I mean, he's the Cobra commander. He always looks cool. But it, I don't know if there was any, any sort of reason given, because occasionally it's like one of them is, you know what it is with the Cobra commander? It's like one of them is the hood. It's like an executioner's hood. And the other one is like a helmet and then like a faceplate kind of a deal. And it's almost like Mr. Rogers, like putting on the comfortable shoes and then the business shoes. And I wonder if maybe when Cobra Commander's just lounging around the house, that's when he's got the soft sort of cloth covering. But then when he has to really go out and like, you know, he and Destro or somebody have to go out and like knock skulls. That's like that's 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 when he puts on like the full on. He's ensconced behind the hard the hard covering. It could have been either uh, Destro's unfinished face mask or uh, the prototype for Destro's mask. Ah, see, these, these, these are things I... These are, you know, and let me just say one final observation. You know, an underappreciated G.I. Joe character, in my opinion, is Storm Shadow, who then... Uh, it seems like there's not a lot of attention paid to him, and he was great because he was a ninja. And he had, and unlike most ninjas who were in the black, he, had the, he, he went the other way. Uh, even after Labor Day, he had the full white ninja outfit on, head to toe. He was badass. Don't you agree? Uh, yes, no job was the same way. He was always wearing white. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Oh, by the way, um, Portland. a CBS radio station. Uh, apparently, oh, God. Uh, Richie, can, uh, will you come in here for a second, please? All right. Uh, we're going to be joined in just a moment by Richie Bristol of the Clan Bristol and so forth. And this is all true. Hello, Richie Bristol. Hello. Please to explain what is the, what is this on the screen? Oh, a uh, caller called in. He was on I five and it's shut down, dead stop, and all he could see is a bunch of fire coming out of woodland. Have we heard anything about this, Tim? I'm checking it as we speak. Please was, stand by. It was the hottest day of the year in Portland, Oregon, just when people thought things couldn't get any worse. So he saw nothing but a wall of fire? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like any story that contains that. If you are ever relating an anecdote from your personal life and it contains all I saw was a wall of fire, uh, that's... Uh, that's a day that ended badly for you. No information available. So we got nothing? I know. It's almost like a, the Chinese are trying to put a, a gag on this. A no, thing. I have nothing. So I'm looking at a Whereabouts full... is this again, Richie? Uh, Woodland, Washington. So Oh, they don't cover up that far. Oh, I think it's the Bigfoot family Washington. starting fires. So, Woodland, uh, Washington. But he, said, but he said it's just a parking lot? Well, he's yeah, he said he's dead. Stopped that sucks. And, and it's always on a day when it's 107 degrees. Yes. 
Here's a fun fact. You know, uh, I do believe this is true. Maybe I'm making it up. But uh, do you know uh, in the course of a given day when it is the hottest? In other words, on a hot day, at what hour in your like community will it be the hottest? Five o'clock. I'd say four. It's five. Yeah, it's five. Which is when I guess it's because the earth has had time to absorb the heat. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Uh, So I'm looking at all these calls. I'm wondering if these are about the I-5 thing or if they're all about Cobra Commander. I'm guessing Cobra Commander. But if somebody knows about this I-5 uh, shutdown near Woodland where there's apparently, quote, a wall of fire, uh, please let us know about that. Boy, that is just a, that's just inside the suck is what that is. Well, let me keep looking. All right. And we have Dorothy today at 140? 140. Fantastic. Yep, Washington. Have we thought about using the Wizard of Oz music to introduce her? Have a little something there. Maybe a little too on the nose, but, you know. I pulled a clip from Dorothy. Really? Cartoon. All right. I'll look into it. All right. Thank you, Richie. Okay. Thanks, right. Richie. Let's uh, just take these calls and see what they are. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, how can I serve you today? Uh, I was calling about the Cobra Commander thing. Yes, you were. All right. Uh, what do you got, sir? I think the guy with the silver face was Destro, wasn't he? Well, no, no, no. We're talking about two different things. There's Destro, who is that guy with the black and red outfit, and then his whole face was silver. He was like he looked like a silver C-3PO. Yeah. Cobra Commander, though, had two different head coverings. One of them was like a soft hood, like a cloth hood, like an old executioner's hood. But occasionally you would see Cobra Commander, and he had not like his face painted, but literally it was like he had a motorcycle helmet or something on, but it was like a silver uh, faceplate that covered up his whole face. Like you couldn't even see his face. It was like he had some sort of... It was like a motorcycle helmet designed by Nazis. It was all sort of intimidating and sort of had the swoopy helmet sides, but then it had like a faceplate thing. Well, maybe that's what he wears to his black tie affairs. I, that's, I don't know. See, that's what I'm saying. Maybe one is sort of like uh, for casual gatherings and the others, you know, like if he's uh, if he's going to be, uh, you know, like if he's visiting with like the board of directors of the Cobra Corporation or something. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, what's up? Hey, now I was calling in. I was on CNN a little while ago, and they've got a picture of a Bigfoot carcass and researchers that are doing DNA testing on it and the whole nine yards, and I didn't hear anything about it from your other CNN people. I was wondering what you guys know about that. Let me ask you a question. Are you now or have you, have you ever been a radio DJ? <laughs> no, I have not. All right. I'm just saying a little bit of inflection going on there, sort of like you're giving me the big story in the morning. Uh, all right, so you were watching CNN, and they were talking about Bigfoot, yes? Yes, and they've got they, three researchers located a den and seven live creatures and managed to secure the body of a dead one. That's a lie. That's a I, lie. You're being sold a bill of goods. It's a lie. Hey, well, let me ask, I have a picture of it on CNN. Let me just, okay, well, I'll tell you this. Um, uh, I uh, uh, I was going to make a crude joke about something, but I won't. Let me just say this. In about five minutes, we will, in fact, be talking to Ed McCarthy from CNN, who will okay. be addressing the Bigfoot controversy. Okay. So, awesome. yeah, so be listening. About five minutes from now, we'll have that, sir. I'll be honest. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. <clears throat> Rick, hey, man, it's Scott. What do, you, what do you got? Hey, uh, I am heading into the studio from Malala. Um, on I-5 northbound currently, and it's a parking lot because there's a wreck in Wilsonville. So, wait, hold on. This is... Uh, Jesus. No, All no, right. hold on, hold on. So the, the, what I've been doing is sitting here, and I thought, well, I'll switch over to another station to get a traffic report during a, a, a KCMD commercial break. And uh, I heard... Thanks for not supporting us, by the way. I appreciate that. It was during... I, I was wondering what was going on traffic, so I could mm-hmm. get there on time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so your traffic report, and I heard that Woodland, the fire in Woodland, has closed all lanes of I-5 north and south. Wow. We said that. 
So on a Friday too. And I'm stuck in northbound traffic south of Wilsonville. And it's going to be 107 degrees. Yes. All right. And plus, so, uh, plus Danny Aiello is charging too much for the pizza. Well, it doesn't always do that. We need some mozzarella on that. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you whenever you get here. Yeah. So just just be aware, everybody. Have fun with that. All right. All right. Thank you. Uh, hey. It, so apparently James uh, Robinson, who works here, knows the Cobra Commander answer. Hey, is James here, Richie? Yeah, if you can have him come in, because it's going to bug me otherwise. All right. So it's a whole lot of bad happening out there. It's one of those Worse days. Worse if you're in a car. That's what I'm saying. You, you might know? as well be on a bike. You know, and the thing Okay, is, we have the, uh, let me see here. We have a major brush fire near Battleground on I-5. That is the latest we have. A major brush fire near Battleground on I-5. And that's, but that's then a different thing, because Scott Daly's coming from Malala. Right. This is the one near Woodland. So, so they're saying now that this is near a battleground. Wait, so now, so that it sucks there, but it also sucks where he was because if there was, I, I, now it's well, all, that, well, that's self, that's a separate one. Well, what was happening where he was? I, I, and I've actually now already forgotten. There was a car, car crash oh, God. in that area near Wilsonville. Seriously, I hate to, and I really hate to be this guy because it sounds like and people do irritating things and cause more trouble on hot days. And it's not it, because they go crazy. And right, you just want to kill them. It's, it's like they're acting like they're in Texas. Uh, let's see, between Northwest LaCenter Road and, uh, let's see, we have the brush fire. It is closed in the Woodland area. So the alternative is southbound, get off at Ridgefield to Pacific Highway and then back to I-5. It's if just... you're going northbound. If you're going southbound, uh, let's see, get off at Ridgefield at Pacific Highway to I-5. Why, that's the same thing. Wow. I mean, <laughs> so have fun with that. Now, so, we don't know if this information is correct. We're just passing it along. Those are your other choice. Well, that's what we do. We don't bother to fact check anything. So, so some 12-year-olds in a computer making all this stuff up. I, I give this know. about a 40% chance of being truly now, accurate. So Scott Daly's accident, the Daly situation, is I-5 northbound past Stafford in North Wilsonville. There's an accident blocking the right lane approaching Norwood. Four vehicles are involved. One vehicle hit a cable barricade in the medium, uh, causing southbound onlookers to stop and take a look. So it's a lot of looky-loos out Why there. Why do people stop? I know we have... We'll people get to... love to looky car accidents. It's well, the whole schadenfreude thing. But I... But I uh, all right. There's too many things happening. Uh, we'll get to Ed McCarthy in just a moment about, I swear to Christ, about Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> you shut up! We're, we're trying to do the news! It's serious stuff It's a serious guys. story, you bastards. Oh, so there are big jam-ups on the I-5 southbound. All right. This really is like we really are stuck in our own little our own little Spike Lee film here because it's like this is like it's the hottest day of the year and everybody's about to go crazy. You can, can tell. Can you imagine what the corpse of Bigfoot smells like on a hot day like this? <laughs> uh, I hadn't really pondered that. Let's ask Ernest Borgnine. What, no, we won't do that. <laughs> so here's where we are right now. We'll talk to Ed McCarthy in a second about this Bigfoot story. There's both lanes of the I-5 closed Close. near Woodland. Mm-hmm. One lane of the I-5 stopped coming from Malala. That is correct. That is northbound. It's going to be a hun- accident blocking the right lane. It's going to be 107 degrees. Mm-hmm. So the good part is one vehicle hit the cable barricade. Had that barricade not been up, it would have been a lot worse. Mm. I don't understand why people stop, though, to look at accidents. And, and the only reason I say that is this. It, it, look, I, it, I don't mean to be morbid. I mean, it's human nature. You stop whatever. But when's the last time you stopped to look at an accident you saw anything really good? Never. My mom used to make me. I bet. I mean, but you never see anything. It's always just a car, you know. What are you oh, gonna? No, she'd go? pull over, go to the street corner, and we'd sit there. But I mean, at most, what are you gonna get? A sheet, huh? I mean, that's it. With with some amorphous lumps underneath it. My least favorite thing was when I worked in Southern California, and I had to fill in for the traffic report guy. And my job was to 
drive a car into a traffic jam. For what possible reason? I was supposed to report on it for the morning show. Well, of course, I couldn't get near it because the traffic was backed up, yet I was sent out to cover traffic accidents anyway. Stupid radio logic. It really is. Go go sit in the traffic jam. Tell us what it's like. Well, it's like you're not moving, which means you could do it. I I can't get anywhere near it, so why am I being sent out to cover it? It's like that thing where they were talking about that woman in uh, Northeast who called a cab to her house, and there was some mix-up, and she lived on MLK or whatever. And so this happened at 11 o'clock in the morning on uh, Northeast, Mm -hmm. you know, on MLK. And so they're covering it at 11 o'clock at night with Cor Harlan, who's standing downtown outside for no reason. Twelve hours later, in a wholly different quadrant of town, gesticulating at nothing. I don't understand. All right. Well, they waste all the people at coin anyway. Seriously. All right. Well, let's all take a breath. All right. Uh, In just one moment, we'll tackle this tricky business of the Cobra Commander. Uh, Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the South. CNN Radio correspondent and cool dude, sipping a mint julep as we speak, probably, uh, Ed McCarthy. Hello, sir. Rick, how are you this afternoon? Well, I'm okay uh, for the moment because, and I hate to sound like I'm lording this over people, I'm just saying, I'm, we, we are very cognizant of the fact that we're lucky because, A, we're in an underground studio, B, uh, just so people can kind of feel our pain, it's going to be 107 degrees here today, The yesterday, the air conditioning system at CBS Portland started to go bad. Uh, but really, truly, this is absolutely true. One of the only places in CBS Radio Portland where there is air conditioning right now is this studio. Uh, everybody else is getting the fuzzy end of the lollipop today, but we are still cool. So I'm very, very conscious of the fact that we're sort of uh, lucky today. So you uh, are fortunate, my friend. See how good that is. So do they? I don't even know where to start with this. So uh, they just had the news conference. Bigfoot. So I looked online. I don't know these guys. I don't know anything about them. All I know is what I've read, and we'll kind of find out what you know here in a second. I will just make this observation. I don't pretend to know anything about these guys who say they found, I guess now, many big feet or whatever. The, I mean, who knows? I'm just saying, based on my assessment of their appearance, in my constitutionally protected opinion, just by judging from their general attire and sort of elan, they kind of look like the same, like, gin-soaked uh, rubes that are always claiming they find things in the woods in, like, Kansas. So what is up with these guys? Well, these guys, yeah, they say they found a Bigfoot body. And i got to tell you, the pictures they handed out today were worse than the ones that they have online. I mean, it's 2008. Get a camera with a light on it. It's always just grainy, out-of-focus stuff taken in a dark room through algae from 40 feet away. Well, you know, they said they they had it, and uh, they they stumbled upon this body of Bigfoot, and they went out, and uh, one guy went out, he got a truck, and they brought it back, and they got it out of there. They put it in their freezer. He says, my freezer's broken down a couple of times. You know, they have this picture on uh, on their website. And, you know, today they were supposed to have DNA. And, you know, of course, I asked the guy yesterday, so what about the, when they had the news, are you going to bring the body? He goes, oh, no body, but we'll have DNA evidence. Well, they didn't even have that today. So, you know, a lot of people are skeptical. Finally, one, one guy at the end, he yells out, is this a hoax? And it was kind of like, thanks for coming, everybody. Great. That's when they wrapped it up. And let me just tell you this. This is like the third time in about a month. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a closed-minded individual. The world right, is right, right, right. The world is an ever-unfolding panoply of mystery and amazement, and we're always finding weird creatures that are strange, and they finally got that giant squid on camera, and, you know, they found that coelacanth thing that they thought was extinct. And, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of weird stuff in this world. I'll grant you that, and all kinds of strange-looking animals and stuff that would sort of freak you out to look it right in the face. I understand that. That being said... 
we're in some sort of weird tunnel right now because this is like the third time in about a month that we've had some story where the reputable mainstream media is showing up. Like, first it was D.V. Cooper, which does seem to be like an every three days thing recently, where they got some guy going, no, 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 he's living in my attic. And then it's like, you know, whatever. Uh, And then we had about, what, a month ago, some guy claiming that he had all this video footage of, I swear to God, of an alien looking in his bedroom window at night and, like, tapping on the glass. (laughs) And then he holds a press conference, and everyone shows up as though it's actual news. And then, of course, it's just a guy holding up, like, a blurry photograph of something that, you know, it's something that just looks like, uh, you know, it's just it's just like some weird sort of wispy, smoky thing that was taken from about 50 feet away. And then now we have the Bigfoot thing. So it does seem like at this point one can call a press conference for almost everything with just, like, the vaguest, most tenuous connection to actual news. And then, like, everybody will show up. It just It's just a little bit weird, you know? Yeah, there's very little substance here today, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe they'll come up with something later. I know? suppose. I mean, I say this as a guy. I spent a lot of my childhood years fascinated with the Loch Ness Monster, and it was, uh, you know, it was a very sad thing as an adult when I finally had to sort of admit to myself there probably was no Loch Ness Monster, although that did not stop me last year from going to Scotland and going on a Loch Ness just so I could sort of see the place. But Sure. Somebody will at least teach these guys how to like uh, how to put on regular pants before they hold a press conference. So well, that as I head out now from the fabulous CNN Center, I've got a leprechaun with me, and we're going to share the HOV lane today. You're a good person. All right, go home and have a uh, have a vodka cranberry for us, sir. <laughs> all right, thank you, Ed McCarthy. Have a good one, Ed McCarthy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be all ranty there, but please. One of the guys that love of God found the Bigfoot, quote unquote, uh-huh. said that would certainly rock Mammo. Mammalogy. I just massacred that. But, Mammalogy. Yeah. Um, and he goes, I see a research grant in my future. Does he say he found, a, he found a cave full of Bigfoot creatures? It's not what I'm seeing in this story. Because we just didn't somebody just, oh, it was the guy. It was the caller who said that he was watching CNN. He bribed the na- Native peoples to give him a dead Bigfoot. <laughs> I mean, that's... Well, because that's, there weren't any live ones available. And that's the other thing. So... They say well, they found... this is the first time they met. I mean, what can they expect to leave with? So this is the, the Bigfoot... He, didn't, what do you say that it was the Bigfoot appeared to be just, what did you say? It was a bad costume with fake guts on it? Yeah. And so... Well, I didn't see it personally. Are we to what... assume that he shot the Bigfoot and that's how he got it? They no, no, found it was the creature's dead. body in a wooded area and spotted several similar creatures that were still alive. All right, I'm going to quit talking about this. But of course, there's no pictures of the ones that are alive, you know? I mean, this is the South. I mean, it's deliverance in those woods. <laughs> it's not necessarily Bigfoot. I mean, sometimes... More like moonshine. They're, str- they're strumming on banjos with their toes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, bears like billy goats. <sighs> I just... Sometimes I just want the ability to magically transport people into the studio so we can beat them with tire irons. I mean, really. I mean, it's my fault for getting for caring about it at all. I'm no longer going to become an, emotionally involved in uh, cryptozoology stories. That's my new vow. Let's take a break here. And uh, I mean, just a, the a, a figurative break. Uh, Scott you. Daly's traffic crash is cleared. I-5 northbound just south of Norwood. All the lanes are up. Now up north. Let's take another quick look at that. I-5 northbound is closed. At Northwest Lucetta Road, that's exit number 16, due to brush fire. It is uh, close to the Woodland area. If you need an alternative, take Pacific Highway, wherever that is. All right. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, uh, James Robinson from uh, Miles Round of Musicology and Big Jim from Rock 101 KUFO. Hello, sir. Hello. Oh, I had right. to bring a backup geek with me. Uh, and we should point out that you actually both are on uh, Miles Around, which airs uh, not yet. Be careful. That springs a little tight. Uh, Miles Around, 9 to 11, right here on this very fine radio station. All right. 
Let me ask you this, Cobra Commander. Yes. Sometimes he's got the uh, cloth hood thing. Sometimes he's got like the full helmet faceplate deal. Uh, an erring man wants to know what is up with that. Uh, the hood came first when uh, he first started the Cobra organization. He was trying to hide his identity. So uh, for many years he wore the hood, and then they developed the the silver plate mask, which is actually kind of a battle mask. There's a lot of technical stuff inside, like a heads up display or something. Inside. Yeah, yeah. There's a secret communication device in there, and there's uh, a homing beacon, which is how Storm Shadow rescued him when he was captured by GI Joe at one point. Duh. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, really? You had, you had to have us come in and physically say this. This is like when Lisa Wood and I both got schooled on our on our uh, on our knowledge of that Ronnie James Dio hearing aid benefit single the other day. I mean, it's like, <laughs> and I mean, on the one hand, because I'm me, I, I I feel bad for not knowing it. But then on the other hand, then you start to get almost well. Come on, like you <laughs> there's know, a whole like, there's a whole. Um, I forget which issue exactly, but I want to say it's like issue number twenty six of the uh, original Marvel run. There's a whole big thing on it, on the the silver plate mask. All right. And I'm sure that uh, you, much like most people, uh, saw the Don Johnson vehicle, G.I. Joe, the movie, yeah. wherein you understand where Cobra Commander first got uh, scarred amongst the face area. All I remember is a guy in that movie getting stabbed in the eye with a knife. <laughs> oh, glob globulus, yes. Yeah, and it just isn't there. Isn't that the movie, the G.I. Joe movie? Some guy gets a, gets a knife right in the eye. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, if I mean, you can call that an eye. I mean, it just uh, just freaked me out as a kid. So it's more like a All meat right. eye patch. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, kind of a crustacean. <laughs> okay. If uh, if you if you have nothing uh, more to do with us, we actually have to go to a press conference. We're going to be uh, putting a a, a, a Facebook uh, account up for Bigfoot. So <laughs> we feel we need to talk to the media about How that. How great is it? You've had a live in studio laugh track for the past ten minutes. Well, hey, I mean, you know, you Tim Riley on, on fire. Some shows have to pay for that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, you and, just call people randomly into the studio. Well, it's you know, it, it is an amusing program. It's just, a, it's just. A, I mean, whatever. I try to be open-minded about. It. I really do. For example, things like DB Cooper or the fact that there might be mysterious. Creatures I just want to know the what they traded to get the uh, the corpse of the big feet. Was it you know brightly colored beads or? What, I don't understand. How, Did they trade the big feet people? I don't. What I don't get is. And I guess maybe there's really no answer to this. But, I mean, it does seem like there was a time not too long ago when if you were just some, you know, if you're whoever, if you you know, you're just some hick, and you call a, you know, and you call a press conference because you found like an, like some just sort of some sort of lumpy pile of fur in the woods, you know, it's Bigfoot. And, like, everybody would just kind of go, yeah, okay, whatever, and then they go about their business. But this is like the third time in about a month that somebody announced something like this, and then, like... I mean, this is CNN. They are the world's premier <laughs> news-gathering and disseminating organization. It's CNN News. Well, do you want to be the one media outlet that, you know, got the memo that, yes, Bigfoot was, in fact, found, and, uh, you know, you weren't there? there well, I the, best. The, the second DNA test for this uh, creature show, <laughs> the, the, DNA, the DNA test on the intestines say it's a possum. <laughs> That's one big possum. I thought you were going to actually the, say the third was, uh... DNA test came back as being human. The, the first tests are inconclusive. I don't well, just... it would make sense of the South, uh, uh, a man might have sex with a possum, yeah. thus <laughs> causing some odd Bigfoot-like offspring. Let me ask you this. Didn't this creature purported to be seven feet tall? Yes. I don't know the last time you saw a possum was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a possum is a like, like five inches long, something like that? And maybe like... They can get to, yeah, they so. can get up to like a foot long with the tail. But I mean, but that's long. That's not tall. That's like, I mean, even presuming Jim's sort of 
uh, you know, uh, <laughs> unnatural observations about the romantic couplings. That's like in vitro hick incest or whatever. I mean, that's like you can't even. That would not even be a mechanical. You couldn't. That wouldn't equate to a seven foot seven creature. I a possum? Think. Yeah, really. Yes. I actually thought he was going to say that the DNA came back and it was actually DB Cooper. What? <laughs> we found that him. would be great. I think we'll go for living in Georgia. Yeah. I think we'll go out on that joke. All right, Big Jim and uh, James Robinson from uh, Miles Around. All right, there you go. I just don't even understand how. I want to know what kind of lab. They're taking this to that the first result is nothing, the second result is a possum, and the third result is human. Mm-hmm. That is some sort of weird DNA result grab bag refrigerator poetry they're using there. And what kind of idiot do you have to be to try and pass that off as a Bigfoot? Seriously. Anyway, in 2008. Uh, we need to create some sort of a uh, Bigfoot. Doesn't your brother have a gerbil? It doesn't make any sense at all. All right. Shall we take a break? Yes. Let's take a break. We'll come back after this. More from Tim Riley. Dorothy Cassisari for the National Enquirer joining us here in just a few. Uh, we'll do a high concept uh, Friday for uh, loyal listener Amanda, who has a question for us. Uh, later on, Scott Daly's uh, film reviews of both Tropic Thunder and Clone Wars, along with top five Billy Joel songs. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. That's great. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for joining us today. All right. Oh, this seems to be getting worse here. Everything seems to be getting worse, Tim. That's what the world does. That's why we're here. We are here documenting the decline and fall of the entire human race. Yes? We bring you nothing but the worst. Is this more uh, bad traffic news? More bad yeah, weather yeah, it news? Is, it is related here. All right. Uh, I-5 near Vancouver, a fire near 319th Street, and I-5 near the Couve has a highway closed in both directions. Police dispatchers say it could be closed up to two hours or oh. more. Some homes in the area are being evacuated. Wow. Yeah, this is the worst day ever. Yes. I'm glad we're here. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I feel better knowing we're here. I was going to say, I'm glad we're here in every... First of all, I'm glad I'm here in an air-conditioned basement and not on any of those highways. Uh, B, I'm glad I'm not in Vancouver just because, you know. Uh, C, uh, I'm glad that we're here to document this and to sort of uh, give the blow-by-blow to people because, I mean, otherwise, I mean, seriously, although I guess at this point it's... I mean, what are your what are your options really? Because if you know you get those because I five was closed both ways. Now there, mm-hmm. that was some interesting syntax. I'm sorry, but also if you were like Scott Daly, I guess maybe they've opened that one up. But it was he was coming from Alala, and I five was closed at least for a while. Yeah, one lane was closed. I'm checking on that again. But I mean, all the lanes have reopened. I five northbound just south of Norway. Your options are kind of finite though, right? I mean, there's really I-5 only so many mm-hmm. there's only so many ways you can go. And of course, you know, it's like. Um, I'm sorry, can you, Tim, can you be a huge favor? I don't know if you have more, I'm just going to get my, I'm going to refill my cup of coffee here. So I don't know if you have more information to give before I continue my hate. Okay, so that's it uh, for now. So the worst uh, spot at the moment is I-5 near Vancouver. It has a highway closed in both directions near 309th Street. It may be closed up to two hours or more. Some homes in the area are being evacuated. All right. 
Uh, what was my other point going to be? Well, but it, you know, it's like uh, it, it's like it, like at any place when they close off a road and everybody immediately goes down to the by definition smaller and less used roads. The secret way. Which, of course, you go that the secret way, and but all of those roads, but it's like it's a proportional thing, right? Because those roads are small and secret and whatever. Uh, but by definition, they fill up faster because they're not meant for high capacity traffic. Hence, their designation is the secret way. Uh, this happened to me last night. I was biking home and I get to about. I don't remember what it is, but you. But there's that everybody who goes from downtown to southeast knows what I'm talking about. Where you go that little uh, that little bike path where you go past the Dairy Gold Factory, and you get to the train track. Train comes along. I don't mean to turn this into a whole ad hoc sort of impromptu thing about the train, because I'm always the one who's saying that trains ought to go at night when there's no rush hour traffic. So I really can't complain that much because they were going at night. This is around 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and so, but I'm there, to, and just as I get to the train track, of course, you know, if I've been 10 seconds earlier, it wouldn't have been a problem. Train starts to come by. The thing comes down, and you say to yourself, well, I guess I'm waiting for the passing train. So there I am waiting. Train starts to go by. And I'm sitting there like looking at my watch, checking my you know email, doing whatever, sitting there going, well, this sucks. I guess the train will be by at some point. Then a second train starts coming by in the opposite direction. So now you've got two trains blocking it, going in opposite, and you think to yourself, all right, well, this sucks. It's probably extended the amount of time I'm going to be waiting for the train by about 30%. But you know what? Uh, it's okay. It's part of life. I'll just wait. And then what happens? For reasons that, you know, you can't really ever figure out, train number two keeps going. Train number one just stops. And it's still going for a mile in every direction. It's just stopped. on the Not going backward, not going forward. It's just stopped. And at that point, you realize it's going to be like an hour before those tracks are cleared. So I immediately start going down the, the, the secret route, as you said, which is then filled by all these other cars. So... Uh, anyway, so it's uh, it's just like that. So it's it's like squeezing off, uh, you know, one artery, and suddenly the blood pressure just sort of increases everywhere else. But I am glad that we're here to sort of uh, let people know about this, because otherwise you would just be blundering right into that mess, and then you'd be stuck there for the rest of the day. And plus it's 107 degrees, and then, of course, you can already fast forward to the uh, the eventual reality of this afternoon, where, wait for it, somebody either A, runs out of gas, or their car overheats. And then that just causes yet another exponential slowdown in the rate of traffic. And then you basically just have to sit there and die of heat prostration and wait for the trash can man to walk by. So, I mean, it's just a whole lot of it's a whole lot of bad. So, once again, this is the fire near 332nd Street and I-5 near the center. has the highway closed in both directions. Some homes in the area being evacuated. So, uh, anyway, so just, you know... When in doubt, just remember the world is shot to hell and we're all goners, my friend. Uh, but we're here to bring it to you. That's, you know, in living color. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? When um, you crank up that Beijing radio, you know we'll be here. Oh, man. We got the. Uh, we're cranking up your survival radio. Wondering which of your relatives you can eat. Uh, so, uh, let's see here. We got people who are stuck on I 5. Oh, that sucks. I almost let them vent. I no, that's the thing is, it's like you almost They'll say like better. you say like oh, I almost don't want to take the calls because it sucks. But I mean, well, 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 what happened to me when Jonathan Colton came in? Really? Oh, you oh, were stuck yeah. on I five while you were singing was... "Still Alive." I'm sitting there listening, going, "I hate my life." We'll talk to Dorothy Carcassari in just a moment. Oh, let's get some of these calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. How can I help you, sir? Oh yeah, Rick. I'm on I five in Wilsonville. Does it suck? <laughs> okay, <laughs> this massive accident here is two cars. A white van that's in the center divider with a dent in the right front quarter panel and another car that's on the other side of the road with no damage at all. Traffic is backed up almost to Aurora going northbound. Ugh. And southbound, it's past Highway 217 
dead spot Jesus. for two stinking cars. It's all the way to 217. Ugh. I mean, past, well, see, I just hit 217. It's past 217. Uh, I that's before I got friend. off. That I mean, that's like that thing when sometimes I mean, not to compare this to that, but sometimes you know, come, you know, you would go over the Ross Island Bridge in the morning, and the traffic is packed up to like 30 nights or something. You're like, well, what could this possibly be? And then you get up there, and it's like one guy who's ever so slightly pulled off to the side of the road, and inexplicably, it just stops all the traffic for it's, it's, miles. It is miles, and it took me an hour and a half to go from Wilsonville Road to just past Stafford where the accident is. And there's nothing there. And uh. it's affecting and two oh five, I can't even imagine what two oh five coming into I five's like. I just couldn't see it down that far. Uh. But it is it is insane and there's nothing happening. Uh, and you know, and, 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 and we'll get to a Dorothy Carcassari here in just one moment, and then we'll talk to some more people who are sort of stuck in this traffic today. As part of our being local and relatable, as only the Rick Emerson Show can, with the patented wit uh, for which we are known. So I will say the other thing is you just know that there's some ticking time bombs there because you know there's some of those cars where it's like they got an eighth of a tank of gas and their air conditioning on, and it's just a matter of time. So. Well, you know, a problem, too, there isn't a cop in sight. It, oh, it's, of course it's, not. The only thing that's there is one of those ODOT trucks, and he's off to the side of the road. But there isn't a cop in sight. Yeah. They're just a, they're just a panding it. Yeah, just, you know. No no cops, which will, uh, you know, enable the, uh, you know, the inevitable uh, crazy breakdown by some guy who decides to start going car to car and punching people in the face. You know, yeah, you know so, what they need? So, Those Chinese girls, when, they, when the guy uh, tore his elbow out? Yes. To run up and block it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't see it. Yeah. That's a good so, idea, actually. You're right. All right. Well, I'm so sorry, my friend. To stay off I-5, stay off I-205, find a different way around it. Uh, you can possibly go up like Boone's Ferry into Wilsonville and get off on uh, and, uh, and escape it, but it is it is just a fiasco out here. All right. I'm sorry, my friend. Thank you for giving us the update. Thanks a lot. All right. There you go. There's that guy. Uh, more of your phone calls here in a moment, but don't forget that idea, Tim. I'm going to talk about that in just one second. All right. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, uh, after an exhausting uh, couple of weeks, our good friend Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, guys. How are you? Here's a silly question. You've been busy recently? Uh, no, no, not too busy. No, <laughs> no big stories breaking or anything like that. Nothing having to do with any politicians. Having mistresses and love children. I got to tell you, um, so let's just, just to go back just a, a little bit in time. So if I can ask this, how, how long has the Inquirer been working on this John Edwards thing? We've been working on it for over a year. And, you know, we first broke the story of the mistress back in October. And, I mean, did he, uh, do you suppose he knew a year ago you were working on it, or is that a thing? I mean, do, you know, does word sort of trickle to that, you know, to a guy like that when you're doing it, or do you think it caught him by surprise? Uh, a lot of times when we work on these stories, we usually have to go to the person for comment. Mm -hmm. So somewhere along the lines, I'm sure we had to go to Edwards for comment, and that's when he probably caught wind of it. So, I mean, there was just so many unfolding layers to this. There was the confrontation in the hotel, and then there was, uh, you know, then there was the revelation that he was a yes. He said, I, yes, I did have relations with that woman. And then there was this whole business of this photo of him holding a baby. And he then clapped, I don't know whose baby that is. I don't know why I'm holding it. I mean, at a certain point, you would figure he would just kind of go, look, it's whatever you hear. It's probably true. I, uh, sorry about it. Like, wouldn't you figure just one one flat sort of just admission of, like, there's a whole bunch of crap that's true, and I'm sorry about all of it. Come on. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, right, that would be at least a, a shrewder move for him. 
You should be the head of his PR. Well, I think that job's probably open right about now, as are I'm most of the sure, jobs in the. I'm very sure it is. Most of the jobs in the Edward camp, uh, and I, I just saw something else just a second ago on the some other there was on one of my internet sites that I guess now somebody they're copping to the fact that somebody inside his campaign was given the given the mistress like fifteen grand a month or something. So. Fifteen grand a month. You're you're absolutely correct. You've been doing your research. It's what I do. Uh, so <laughs> so my question is, um, to whatever extent you can answer this, Dorothy. So does, does, the, does the National Enquirer? I mean, is there still a file like five inches thick of stuff if he decides to continue sort of playing cagey about this? Of course there is. <laughs> you, you're the best. <laughs> we've we've been investigating the story for a year. I mean, here's a dumb question. So this photo of him holding the baby, and I correct me if I'm wrong here, but was it is the, the assertion of the Inquirer, I believe, that he is holding the baby, and the baby is, in fact, the love child. Yes, you're absolutely correct. And so what possible reason, I ask, knowing that maybe it's difficult to look inside the mind of John Edwards, what possible reason would he have for saying, like, I, I don't know what baby that is? I mean, it's just absurd. It's absolutely, yeah, it absolutely is. This is the question that we're all asking ourselves. I think his excuse for the photo of him holding... Um, the baby, Francis, is, you know, that, that he's held lots of babies because he was, you know, running for office and he right. always sees babies and holds them and, you know, his picture is, is photographed with babies, which is kind of a crazy uh, explanation for it, that. It is what the British legal system would call a transparent falsehood. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I don't, e I don't even, I don't even really know where to, to, to go from here, except to say that I will say, uh, equal parts praise of you guys and equal parts praise of ourselves. That I, you know, when you guys first started talking about this, you're know, like, look, here's the deal: John Edwards, mistress, love child, whatever. I will say that for the Rick Emerson show, we instinctively believed it from day one because, as I have always said. It's one thing if people are talking about some sources speculate or per, there are rumors that. But as I have said for years now, if the National Enquirer says, look, this is a fact, this is true, then you can bet your bottom dollar. You can hang your hat on that because the Enquirer doesn't say it's so if it is not so. Well, thank you for that. And you know that I would never steer you in the wrong direction either. Absolutely. And I mean, <laughs> can I ask you just if you can, maybe you can speak to this, maybe you can't. In your opinion, Dorothy, why do you believe that the mainstream media resisted this for so long when, again, as a lot of people know that the Inquirer flat out says that you've got to know it's true? Why do you think that the media, the mainstream media resisted kind of picking up on this? This is a very good question. It certainly did take some time to get traction. Uh, I think everybody was kind of waiting for Edwards to say something, and when he finally did, of course, that's when the story blew up. Right. Um, we're not entirely sure, you know, why, why it took some, some time, but as with, you know, stories involving politicians, uh, you know, there's always, um, I don't know, there's always hesitation on the parts of some media outlets to expose wrongdoing. Right. And uh, so I can't, you know, I can't speak for, for the other media outlets, but all we can say is that we're glad that they finally caught on and also that they finally, you know, exposed what the truth was, which is what we had reported all along. And I do have to say, and and I, I do want to give, uh, it, it was great to see the mainstream media really have to, I think part of it was they just didn't want to admit that the Inquirer was able to do what they were not, that the Inquirer could get it and they couldn't. And it was great to see the mainstream media have to just come out and say, like, okay, we all got scooped by the National Inquirer, they were right and we were wrong, and let's give credit to them. So that was really satisfying. So 
Uh, I know it's been a busy couple of weeks. Uh, I know your, your schedule probably is still very hectic. So thanks for uh, making some time for us. Congratulations to you to you guys for really nailing the story that nobody else had. Thank and you. Uh, so, Thank uh, you so much. Yeah, so enjoy your weekend. Try to relax. We'll talk to you at some point in the near future, Dorothy. Okay, next next Thursday. There you go. Thank you, Dorothy. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Fantastic. Dig her. All right. That's uh, wonderful. All right. Good for them. All right. When we last left the Rick Emerson show, uh, everybody was stuck on traffic everywhere in the entire world. Nobody was going anywhere, and life continued to get worse with every passing moment. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. How are you today? Uh, well, I am not on I-5, and I'm relatively air-conditioned, which puts me ahead of about 80% of the people in the uh, city by now. Excellent. I'm not on I-5 either, but I am working on the south side of the house in the hot sun. Ugh. Ugh. Um, uh, first off, I want to congratulate Tim Riley on being here in Portland for 10 years. Congratulations. Is it this month, Tim? It is this weekend. It's the 17th. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was next weekend. I'm sorry. No. Now I feel like an ass. Thank you for oh, pointing it out, don't sir. Don't feel that way. Oh, I, uh, well, congratulations. Let's just a little bit of a... Congratulations, Tim Riley. Ten years this week. Thank you. Good for you. All Best right. Best newsman ever. Seriously, and I mean, Portland uh, broadcasting has improved immeasurably since his arrival in this city. So absolutely. All right. Fantastic. Second thing, uh, I don't, I don't want to be too ornery about this, but that squeaky spring you have in the studio. I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. Or your hinge. I'm sorry, your squeaky hinge. Could it be the door? On your door. Mm-hmm. Does any, has you... anybody heard a squeaking door? No. No. I. I understand that you guys are used to it, but I used to only be able to hear it on the stream. Now I can hear it on the AM band, and it's driving me absolutely insane. I will come down there and fix it if you want me to. Hold on. Let's listen and see if anybody hears a squeak. No, I no, I don't I hear anything. Hear no. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I uh, so okay. So you're talking about so the we have. I was just having a bit of fun with you there, but the, the so the door to the studio does in fact make a little bit of a squeaking noise when it's opened. Yeah, sorry to burst your heard, bubble, Rick. I heard I heard Big Jim and his cohort come in. Yes. And squeaks, and then like I'm thinking, who the hell's in the studio? Right. Well, see, it's kind of an OCD thing because I'm a contractor. Well, see, here's the thing, uh, and maybe we should do an Insta poll at some point about about fixing the door. Uh, it started off as just uh, we were lazy, but here's the, I think it was Chris Paddock uh, who asked me about this. He's like, he, he's like, hey, does your door squeak or something? I swear to God. And I said, yes. And here's, here's why we've done it. Not to sound too John Geronimo about things, but I am a big believer in theater of the mind and, uh, whatever. And so here's a little, here's a little, here's a little fun fact for you. A lot of shows, God love them, uh, have sort of webcams where you can go on to like the website or whatever. You can watch the guys doing the show, which is fine. You know, whatever. Show wants to do that. Lots of shows do it. Uh, where you can go online and you can watch them doing the radio show. And though, you know, that, that is certainly their choice. We, uh, speaking for myself anyway, I've always felt that I didn't want to have a camera or cameras showing the program being done. Because A, first of all, that would make us all much more vain and neurotic than we already even are, which is a lot. Uh, and secondly, I'm a big believer in radio being theater of the mind and that the studio is never going to look as cool as you think it does. It's never going to look as cool as you picture it. And so anyway, so that's, you know, so I'm a big believer in sort of the magic of conjuring the studio in your head. So that ties into the squeaky door this way. When it was brought to our attention that the studio door squeaked, I sort of made the decision that we weren't going to fix it because I liked the idea which maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. I liked the idea that in your 
in your head as a listener, when you listen to it, it made the studio a more real place. You had the sense that you were listening to an actual room full of people as opposed to just this isolated hermetic sound chamber. And, and guests just don't magically pop up. Yeah. They actually come in through a door. That it is a real physical space uh, in your in your mind when and you listen to it. And it adds to the idea of having a dungeon down here, too. Totally. So maybe that's just a little too flowery. Maybe it's just irritating. I don't know. But that was sort of our, our goal of not fixing the studio door, was to sort of make it you know more evident that we are broadcasting from a real place and make it a little bit more of a, you know, so you can picture the space in your mind, if that makes sense. Okay, so it's more like a uh, here's what be what's behind door number two thing. I suppose. Well, and, you know, and so look, I mean, to be honest, I'm not trying to pick on any radio format or station, but, I mean, sometimes you listen to, especially with, uh, you know, music, radio, and DJs, where it's like the song ends and the DJ comes on, and it's like he's just come, and the DJ, you know, he has the big, weird radio voice, and it's all heavily processed, and he talks like this, and it's like, and and and, and, and he just sort of seems to be coming from this weird sort of electronic vacuum in space. And I did like the idea that you were listening to some folks who were really sitting around a table in a room, which is what we're doing. And maybe that was my attempt, uh, misguided though it may have been, of keeping it kind of, you know, low-tech and sort of what I... We're spending 15 minutes talking about a door. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was my thing. So sorry about that. Okay, well... You know, now that you've explained that to me, see, that makes total sense. See, now you're a jerk for asking anymore. me to fix it. Uh, well, I'll accept that. Okay. Stay cool, my friend. All right, you too, bye. All right, there you go. And we don't want cameras in here ever. No, no, not at all. And they, I do nothing but complain if it was. Oh, no, they every now and again, shots. they try to float that idea every now and again. They're like, hey, so uh, we could get it sponsored. And that's how they always try to do everything, right? We could get it sponsored. Uh, because they, because that's usually because that's how they that's how they try to sneak things in. They go, well, what if we had a sponsor for it? And they want to have every so often they, the big amorphous capital T, they will float this idea of putting a bunch of cameras in here, so that everybody can watch our every move. And it, it's just for us, and I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but for this show and us, it's a bad idea. A because, as I already said, the studio never looks as cool as you think it does. If you've ever met a DJ that you listened to as a kid. Maybe less so now because you see them on the Internet, so maybe you know what they look like. Or you've seen the studio, and the DJ is always weird-looking compared to what's in your head, and the studio is always disappointing, especially that last studio we were in. Um, it, it B, it, all of us, I, can't, I don't want to necessarily speak for Kristen, but certainly for Sarah and Tim and myself, we're unbelievably vain uh, and neurotic about our personal appearance always, and just that, like every, that we constantly obsess over it. I'm not saying that Kristen that you don't care, but I can't necessarily speak to your neuroses. I haven't. We haven't really worked together that long in yeah, that capacity. Yeah. But all of us will, would free, and we would, and, and of course it would just be like, and the studio is so dim and underlit, and we would we would inevitably just, just look blotchy and weird. And well, so. I mean, there's just some days in radio where you feel like slumming it. That's I, the other thing. Yeah, and. I don't want that on camera. <laughs> That's the other thing. There's certain days when you come in and you just want to be able to wear baggy pants and scratch yourself. And, uh, you know, that would make it sort of uh, impractical. So, anyway, not going to happen. Here's Tim Riley. And people would be jealous of our lunches. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. They would be... Uh, they'd be this is microwavery at its finest. They, they would be envious of the many times during the day that Richie Bristol is quite literally uh, sent to fetch food for one or more members of the Rick Emerson Show. Also of our uh, Viso refrigerator, which is stocked not only with Viso, but with huge amounts of wine and Jägermeister, mm -hmm. uh, which I keep trying to give away, and nobody will take it. It's like, how hard is the radio station? How hard did he doesn't take it either? How hard can it be to give away booze at a radio station? Right, things have really changed. You are listening to KCMD Portland, by the way. Uh, if you're stuck in traffic, 
you're there on the, the I-5, if it's just uh, if, if it's just hot and miserable and horrible and whatever, you want to call up, you want to vent or yell or complain about some guy who's in front of you, you can do that. Very little we can do to help you, though. No. I-5 is closed in the center. Both uh, both North and South Bond at Northwest 309th and La Center Road due to a brush fire. Some houses in that area have been evacuated. Yeah, let's be clear about that. We can't make your life better in any fashion at all. We don't There's even try, really. Nothing we can do about it. We can't even make our own lives better. Nope. How can we help you? <laughs> Boy, truer words were never spoken there. Oh, by the way, uh, remind me to ask Sarah this also on Monday, but we might as well go around the room here. So uh, the last time, and it's, it's been a while, but the last time I'd, I'd, uh, when I talked about going to see the shrink, and he had that whole thing. It's like, how many hours a day do you spend uh, picking up you know, specks of dust or just clearing off, you know, like little, uh, little specks of lint or anything like that? It's like, how many, how many hours a day do you spend doing that or adjusting, like, picture frames? And I said, well, probably not that many, actually, uh, because, you know, I've learned to do it sort of concurrently with all my regular activities. In other words, I'm not a guy, like, I don't take, I was telling the shrink, it's like, I don't take, like, 10 minutes at the beginning of the morning and go around and t- pick all the specs up off the counter. I just do it as I do all my other activities throughout the day. So that was his first question. His second question, and it was interesting, the specificity of this question I found to be really fascinating. He said, well, now specifically he phrases this question. So I'm sitting there in the room with the shrink. And he has the big clipboard, which is always mysterious because you never get to see what's on it. And he's just writing things and checking things. Doesn't that drive you nuts? It does. And occasionally, like, I would give the shrink an answer. Like, he would ask me a question, and I would give him an answer, and he would say, "Mm mm-hmm. And he would, like, check something off as though I had just, as though I had just fit into some predetermined diagnosis. Occasionally, he would ask me a question, and I would answer it, and he would look at me, and he would sort of furrow his eye like as though I had mystified him somehow and then he would sort of shake his head and check something off. He may be checking off his shopping list. Like bugles. Hmm. Ham and cheese sandwich. There he's doing that morning's jumble. Uh but he asked me this question. He said what was the comment most frequently made about you by teachers in grade school? Not in high school, middle school, kindergarten. What was the comment most frequently made about you by teachers in grade school? Kristen Bowie? Hmm. Disorganized and failure to pay attention. Really? Yeah. You ought to see my shrink. He can probably hook you up with something there. <laughs> That's all, because I'm all over that. Tim Riley, did you uh, have such assessments? Of what? What was the comment most frequently made about you by teachers in grade school? Like on a progress report or a report card when they said, well, young Tim, da 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 Never stops reading. Really? Good I for you. I got in trouble for that once. Too. Uh, me too. Yeah. I would I would hide books inside of textbooks. Mm-hmm. My second grade report card says, "Kristen's a joy to have in class, but I can't get her to stop reading." Can't doesn't seem to care about the mindless, tedious schoolwork she's given <laughs> on subjects that will never be used in the real world. Yeah, I would sit there and I would be sneaking my C.S. Lewis book inside my math book or something. So. Uh, and they always start like that too, where it's. Well, so-and-so is a joy to have in class, but... But... Yeah. Uh, by the way, you're listening to KCMP Portland. Uh, and the comment most frequently made about me, I mean, not even a, there's not even a close second. I mean, like, out and out, this is like hands down, like 90% of it. It was uh, Richard. It was Richard. Richard could do so much better if only he applied himself. And that was it. That was the thing every single teacher said to me, probably for the first Nine until they just quit caring, until they just stopped putting assessments down at all. It was could do so much better if only he applied himself. That was that was followed. The distant second was 
thinks the rules apply to everybody but him. And that is true, by the way. I've never understood exactly what applying yourself means, though. Like, it's, it's very vague. Well, when they say that, oh, you know what that means? That means you apply yourself just not to the pointless crap that they want you to apply yourself to. I mean, that's, drivel anyway. that's what it is. Doesn't apply yourself to useless math and unimportant history that will never, ever, ever get you a job or benefit you in any way. So, uh, in any event, here's Tim Riley. Oh, it was a vehicle that caught fire in the I-5 that is to blame for that brush fire. That is closing down I-5 near the center in both directions. It was first reported at 1 o'clock. Uh, Washington State Department of Transportation closed the highway after the brush fire grew in size. The land closures could last two hours or more. Homes in the area have been evacuated, uh, and nobody's been hurt. All right. Now, well, the details are available. Uh, so I know you're going to pop back and prepare some news here in a moment. Oh, uh, yeah. Before you go, Tim, uh, would you like to hear, A, a call, about say, a call saying Tim Riley is psychic, or B... Somebody who wants to tell us why we need cameras in here. Wow, neither. Is, is, is there a surprise caller? <laughs> Hello, sir. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, hi. Okay, I um, went down to this tiny little town in California to visit um, family. Yes, sir. And I saw this trashed um, pickup truck with a bumper sticker that said, No Abomination 08, which... Um, I don't know if you remember, but about two months ago, Tim Riley said Tim Riley came up with abomination. Is that and true? I believe that is true. Yes, you are psychic, Tim. I fear you now. All oh, right. There's no need to fear. Well, me. Tim Riley does. He sees all and knows all, sir. Yeah, I just thought you guys would get a kick out of that. And also, if you can't get rid of the booze, I'll take it. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, we'll. Uh, I should have known as soon as I said that. The phones filled up with guys who want the booze. Maybe I don't think we can give it away, though. I think that's illegal. I believe so, yes. Bastards. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All Bye. right. Uh, fantastic. Yes, it is. Are you preparing more news elsewhere, or are you staying with us, Tim? I'll be back in a few minutes. i got to run away for a while. Okay, excellent. He's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be back here in just uh, short order, being flawless, as he always is. There we go. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You're listening to KCMD Portland, by the way, a CBS radio station, part of the Tiffany Network. Um, all this stuff to get through today. Today's one of those days I can't tell if we've been really productive or completely unproductive. Not that it matters. So, yeah, there's um, a little bit of crazy in there, too. There really is, man. And I was just going to say this. We'll get these calls here in a second. Scott Daly is here. Um, let's see what else. Our good friend Siegfried going to pop in later, talk about the grindhouse thing. Uh, oh, man, I never did this high-concept topic. Ugh, so little to do, so much time. Uh, I feel I wanted to find a song to play for the people who are stuck in traffic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I couldn't think of what it would be. I can't even think of anything that's not corny. I wanted to find some sort of a song, some sort of a tune uh, to play for the folks who are stuck out there, and I can't... Uh, it's hard to get one that's not corny, I got nothing. Right? I wanted to find some sort of a stress-relieving song for the folks in traffic, but I have uh, I have nothing at all. Um, let's see. And then I got all these little observations to make, things I've written down, so. All right. It's all very difficult. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, how's it going, man? What's up? So, um, I went ahead and prepared a, uh, a, a CBS, uh, release of liability. If you went ahead and didn't leave the booze in a green box behind the station. Because hmm? <laughs> I would never do that, because that would be wrong. Yes, sir. So you're saying, theoretically, if the booze was all left out back, uh, and a person legally distinct to uh, from but similar to yourself was to come by and pick it up. 
Yes, sir. I will tell you this. If you're familiar at all with where the CBS building here, uh, 2040 Southwest 1st, uh, I'm not saying that so everybody can come by and get booze. Uh, but but if you're familiar at all, you will know that this uh, building is surrounded by, and the parking lot is full of homeless people. And they would almost certainly, A, have found the booze, and B, would probably hit you with a lead pipe as you tried to get it. There was a situ- There was a time, actually, uh, not, too, not too long ago, when a guy who worked here, no lie, he had his laptop in his car, he ducked into the building for like two minutes to use the bathroom, went back out, car broken into, laptop gone. That's where we broadcast from. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure which. Uh, I've been to your other fine uh, CBS uh, locations throughout the uh, downtown area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how they're laid out. Uh, so, well, I guess I'll bring my, uh, I don't know, get, get ready for bump fights and... Uh, <laughs> Almost no, I don't know. I, I got nothing. This call sort of frittered away at the end, but I but I like your style, sir. Thank you so I'm much. Terrible, sir. Oh, All right. Rick? Yes. Oh, damn you! All right. Uh, let's see. Well, let's just continue with these calls. Then we'll bring in Scott Daly. We'll do some movie reviewing, and uh, maybe we'll do the high concept topic with uh, Scott here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Rick Emerson, tram guy Mark. What's going on? Man? Hello, sir. How are you? I am peachy and hot as. Well, pretty hot. Yes. Uh, strong suggestion for the people driving home, since you like fog hats so much, I'm thinking drive me home would be an excellent option. Drive me home? And okay. There you go. And for the camera in the studio. Yeah. Now, there's an opportunity for Richie to get some some, uh, some therapy. Figure if, uh, you know, you got ten, 10 bazillion people watching you guys on the camera, he's less apt to run around, as he put it, in his tidy whities Yeah, I mean, there's that, and then there's him running around in a thong. Uh, oh, stop. I haven't even had lunch yet. Stop. No, here's the thing. Did you not know this? So Richie wears a thong occasionally. This is true. Uh, oh, oh, oh I, you're killing me. I did not know this until we did the Dark Knight screening a few weeks back. Oh. And somehow I managed to escape this over the course of the night, but apparently over the course of the evening, he, I think, had had a few or a lot, and he it's was showing the thong, to, including my wife, showing the thong to people like, hey, look at my thong. Now, I thought that it couldn't get any worse, right? Here's Richie showing off a thong at a radio event, uh, at a station uh, event, and I didn't think it could get any worse until the next day when he made the observation, I believe, to Sarah Wagner upstairs. He said, do you know why I wear a thong? And I don't know why, I don't know what compelled her to say, like, no, Richie, talk to me further about this. He revealed, I don't even know how to feel about this, Richie revealed, Kristen, do you know why he wears a thong? He didn't tell me. Here's he just the reason. showed it to me several times. Richie wears a thong. Uh, it, Richie wears a thong the day after he has gotten lucky with a woman. So if you oh. see Richie wearing a thong, it oh. means it's a little bit like, you know what it is? It's like a fighter pilot painting or whatever on the side of his, on the nose of his plane to indicate <laughs> that he got one the other day. <laughs> That's awful. So, well, uh, then, on, on behalf of the viewing public, I hereby officially withdraw my suggestion and wish you, Sarah, and Tim very well with that problem. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Take care, man. All right. There you go. Uh, one more, then we'll bring in Scott Daly. We'll talk uh, movies, uh, high concept, top five, all that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Am I on? It's you, sir. <laughs> hey, uh, for the people striking traffic. Yes, sir. Eve, Eve 6, that drive song. All right. Yeah. And? That's it. Did you have, are you Chris? No, I'm not. You're not Chris at all. It says here Chris wants booze in fridge. So you're not Chris. Theoretically, would you want the booze in the fridge? Uh, yes, 
I would. All right. Uh, well, I, I, we have to do something with it. At some point, we have to do like a booze inventory. I mean, there's booze. There's like some Lunchables that are back there still. I think there's still. I'm pretty sure there's oh. stuff back there from the Scotty J era, oh. but I could be wrong about that. No, a couple I mean, more weeks of musicology and that booze will be gone. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's time to have some sort of a uh, some sort of a uh, like a low rent celebratory event here, don't you think, sir? Yes, sir. Maybe we could do like a listener appreciation thing. Everybody can stop by and get a shot one of these days. Shots and bacon. Seriously, shots and bacon and lunchables and whatever that fur covered thing is in the back of the second shelf there. Right. And another thing, Rick. Yes. Bastard. You know, one of these days, I'm going to catch that. All right. Let's just take a moment here. Just going to... Oh, oh, no. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, no, that's terrible. Oh, he's dislocated. That's just awful. Yes, it is. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2... 970, 503-733-2970. Uh, hey, Richie Bristol, let's welcome now to the studio Scott Daly. Uh, any second now. Happening as we speak. And this is all true. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Film Fever Radio. Which you can locate at filmfeverradio.com on your computorial device. Scott Daly, hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Hello, very summary. You just come here from American Samoa? God. You got Sucks like the, out there. Seriously. You're not wearing a shirt underneath that white T-shirt. No, that I'm, white. Boy, you're going to sweat no, right through no. that thing, and everybody's going to see your man flesh. Can I just stay here all night? No. It's terrible out there. Uh, is it bad? I mean, I hate to be that guy asking, is it hot out there? But I've been here. I've been in here since like 830, so I don't know. Yeah, it's getting it's getting warm. Yeah, it's you getting know, warm. I, I will say this. on the freeway for the last hour and a half. You know, this the studio's air-conditioned, but i got to say, up, i got this uh, upstairs office. Uh, and there's like the window that like just brings the sun right into it. So I'm not looking Ooh. forward to going back to my office yeah, later. Yeah. I spent the I, spent, I started my morning off in Lake Oswego and down to Molala, and uh, so I've not been in my office yet, which is nice and air conditioned. And I'm not going to because I get to go home to my nice hot apartment. You know, it's just uh, and, and I was, you know, and I hate to keep beating this drum, but I mean, it really is days like this where you do thank God that you live in a you live in a you know in in a in a, in a, in a forward moving country where you have air conditioning. And I know that Joni gets uh, Joni DeRosha gets angry every time I. I have this whole thing about devices and technologies that we take for granted. And I, the two examples I always give, and I apologize to everybody who's heard me say this like a billion times, but I think it is worth repeating. Um, these are what my wife would call stone revelations. They are the sorts of things that one you know, might have if you're like a, comes, some college student. You sit at 2 a.m. and you've just had a bunch of uh, mescaline and you're staring at your Jim Morrison poster. And then you start radio exactly, and you're like looking at your looking at your fingernails, thinking like there could be a whole galaxy under my cuticle or whatever, you know something. Um, but I think about this all the time. The two, th- two things I would think about are a your light switch, and the light switch is really amazing. I mean that's like that's like a miniature freaking sun in your living room that you can just turn on and off. I mean that's pretty unbelievable, really, when you think about it. I mean if all if all goes correctly, it's not going to set anything on fire. It's not going to get blown out by a strong breeze. You don't have to light it. You don't have to refill the wax or the oil or whatever. And a little switch on the wall, you, you turn on the switch, and a miniature goddamn sun lights up in the center of your of your living room. That's kind of astounding, really, when you think about it. If you showed that to uh, whatever you know, Paleolithic man or whatever, he would think that you were in fact a god of some kind. Second thing is the air conditioner. Um, and here's the deal with the air conditioner. So I often, I often phrase it as being able to control the weather in your living room. Uh, and then I get people shrieking at me because I guess that's scientifically inaccurate. It's not really the weather, but it's the temperature. The, weather. the point is, 
you know, 500 years ago, the most powerful man on earth 500 years ago couldn't make it any cooler in his living room. I mean, you could make it warmer instead of fire. And I guess you could have some sort of busty maiden come in and, like, fan you with a palm frond or whatever it is they do. Get a couple ice blocks. That's the thing. Yeah, you mosquito coast it where maybe there's some ice around and then a guy, like, you know, sort of whatever, sort of wafting the uh, the cool air toward you. But, I mean, half a, you know, half, half, half a millennium ago, it doesn't matter how rich and how powerful you were. If it was hot, it was staying hot. It didn't matter whether yeah. you were a king, a pharaoh, or whatever. But you know what? Any guy, a couple hundred bucks, it gets hot, bam, turn on the switch, you can make it cold in your house. I mean, it really is an almost, that is an almost deity-like ability. You know it's, what I mean? It's it's pretty incredible. Um, Sadly, I'm not one of those guys. No, I, why? What? I just, now to be fair, I got my, my apartment, my bachelor pad, like eight months ago, and I just haven't. That's even less of an excuse. That. You were starting from scratch. This was your chance to get a place with air conditioning. Yeah, I suppose you're right. But it's in my car. So Okay, well, there you go. At least you have it in your car. Yeah, that's a complete oh, savage. If I didn't have my car, I would be a puddle of sweat right now. Well, or you would be. I-5. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, all the time you hear those that statistic, which I suspect is made up about it. Well, you know, every time that there's a full moon, the ER admissions go. And I always think that that's probably just made up. That's just a thing people say. Yeah. But I do. I have no doubt. I mean, I know it in my bones that when the temperature cracks like 95 degrees, you had all kinds of weirdness and crying. Oh, yeah. Beatings and all kinds of things. It just probably goes through the roof, right? It's just a weird vibe out there sitting in I-5 traffic near Wilsonville, kind of looking around at the people beside me. and Wondering who's got a gun. Wondering who's going to snap. Yeah. You know one of these guys are. Somebody's off in the corner. Uh-huh. Oh, I know I it. It moving I, a little bit. It yeah. absolutely has it's... that effect on me. I mean, it, the heat... Uh, in any amount will, for me, make a bad mood just exponentially Oh, I worse. hate it. I hate it. And if, I'm, tomorrow, I'm, I'm packing up the kids and we're going to the coast. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm in a bad mood and it hits 98 degrees, uh, you just stay away from me because yeah. it's going to end badly for everybody. Yeah. So, bad news. All right. Bad it's uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, we'll do some high-concept talk here in a second. Uh, Tim Riley at the bottom of the hour, top five, and so forth. All right. Scott Daly, yes, Film Radio, you have reviews. I have two reviews this Speak week. now. Uh, let's start with Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um, first of all, let me say this. The Clone Wars that opens today is the first three episodes of a Cartoon Network series called Star Wars The Clone Wars. But not, not the Genny Tartakovsky. Not Tartakovsky's Clone right. Wars, which right. leads literally right up to the beginning of episode three. There's the, the, this, this Clone Wars takes place between episode two and episode three, but there's no set timeline. Um, now, in the Star Wars canon, I'm not sure what the exact time frame between Episode 2 and Episode 3 is. I would say it's at least 10, maybe 15 years between number 2 and 3 in the timeline of the Star Wars galaxy. This is an offshoot, standalone story. It's Star Wars only in the fact that there's Obi-Wan, Anakin, Jabba the Hutt, you know, everybody is in this. But it has nothing to do with the, with the Star Wars story that we all, we all know. Um, I will say this, the animation, it looks great. The, the ships, the, the the scenery, the robot, the droids, everything looks really, really solid. The people look very plastic and very weird. And you would think with like today's, a lot of rendering. Yeah, yeah, and you would think in today's animation world, you look at look at anything Pixar does or you know DreamWorks does, or even video games these days, you'd think they would get that just a little better. Um, Anakin takes on a Padawan learner in this one. Right. Okay. A little sniveling, snarky 13-year-old girl who you just want to punch in the face every time she speaks. Is it true? Does it's she call terrible. him? Does yes. she call him Sky Guy? Sky Guy, and she calls R2 R2. All right. And they have to kid. They have to rescue the kidnapped son of Jabba the Hutt. 
And the kidnap the the infant hut lit, whatever they call it, looks like the baby in a racer head. It's creepy. And they call him Stinky. Stinky. All right. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm never gonna see this. No. I'm never gonna see it ever. Okay. I, I'm just not. I've just uh, that th- life is too short. I agreed. Agreed. Now, however, my son, who is six, loves Star Wars, and I'm very proud of him for that. That makes me happy, like you would not believe. Right. So I took him to go see this. Excited to see it for him. He loved it. He's six. That's fine. I had my good time was channeled through him. But it's, uh, he's six. His brain is still exactly. all spongy. Exactly. And, and you know what? And and we'll watch the TV series when it comes to Cartoon Network in, in January. However. It, there are a couple of cool things. First of all, in this one, the Republic uh, Army, uh, the guys who are in the ships, the officers are wearing the gray uniforms. Right. You know, and, and it was funny because Cooper leaned over and goes, "Daddy, it's weird seeing those guys as good guys." Right. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Little hints here and there. Overall, don't waste your time. I, don't pay money to see it. Go see it. You know, see it when it comes out. If you're interested. If not, that's fine too. But and if you got like, a Star Wars freak at home who's under the age of ten. They're gonna love it, and I have to tell you, I mean, I this is you know I, this is probably the last week we'll we'll talk about this because really, like, at what point would we ever need to have this to Star Wars discussion again? Yeah. I mean, really, it, we do that every year, though. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, only because he finds. I mean, and I'm not gonna do George Lucas, you know, raping yeah, my childhood yeah. and whatever. It's not even really that. It's just, and I I think I made the statement. I feel about. Mm, I, I'll put it this way. I feel about Star Wars right now the way that I feel about Metallica. Which yeah. is that a huge part of my growing up, a huge part of my, in the case of Metallica, anyway, my adolescence, a huge, made a big impact on me. Yep. And really was, you know, in different ways, obviously. They were both sort of there for me in a certain way and fulfilled, you know, a very, a very real need. And I'm glad they were there and that they made some, some classic art in their time. George mm-hmm. Lucas did. Mm-hmm. Metallica made some, some of the best music that I'd ever heard. And probably if I could look at it objectively now, which is difficult, probably some of the best music that, that, that ever been made, you know, from my life. I agree on both counts. But, you know, but, but just, but, you know, but, but Star Wars and Metallica both reached that sort of event horizon where it just, uh, you know, it's not even just that it flattened out. It just started to sort of, eat its own tail, and it really started to eat its own legacy. And at this point, what I've had to do with Metallica is just sort of in my head, take it and seal it inside this sort of Valhalla, like this Hall of Champions where I can look at it through plexiglass. And just stay away from anything new. And just stay away from it. And I really, and I got to tell you, I really don't even enjoy going back and listening to old Metallica at this point because they managed those guys. And you know what? They can do whatever they want to do. I'm sure Lars Elrod cares less than nothing about what I think. Right. Uh, or anybody at this point, any critic. But it, they managed to so, so sully their own past for me that it's even difficult for me to go back and listen to old Metallica. And so all I, what, I, what I have to do is this. I have to say, you know, uh, they were there. They were, they were there for me. They were important to me they've gone on to do some other stuff and you know what I, I i just i will always sort of love them in a weird sort of a vague way i just i'm not going to be invested in anything they do and that's how kind of how it is with star wars yeah i just i've just emotionally removed myself and i know to people it sounds like we're over talking no, this but, but i mean seriously it's I true do. it's true i mean you think about that, like like think of an ex-girlfriend okay in a weird sense that girlfriend or boyfriend you know made you who you are today good or bad it made you who you are today. But you wouldn't want to meet them again. But you wouldn't want to meet them again. Because right. that part of your life is over. You've moved on. They've moved on. Everything whatever direction. Moments, and I just wish that these people would realize that, you know, let it peak and let it stay peaked. Kind and of I, like what Seinfeld did when yeah. they canceled their show. You they know? were done. And, yeah. you would, you know, you not only hope that Lucas would do that, but again, just be, and I talked to a lot of, I think Court and Fatboy echoed the same sentiment. They mm-hmm. said that, you know, 
God love George Lucas, you know, he, he's both he's both devil and angel, both yep. hero and villain to a lot of people. And he is certainly free to go on, and he's free to, 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 to make art and to, to milk it as much as he wants, because he created it. It's his to do with what he wants. But for me, I'm just going to sort of move on, and I'm no longer going to, I just, I'm not really going to care about it a lot. You know, going forward, I've just, uh, you know, uh, you know, I've been there and and it's and, it, and, I've, and I've enjoyed it, and I'm just, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to sort of get sucked into it. And I have now. to say, if if you know what, if Cooper wasn't into Star Wars the way he is, I would be the exact same. And way. I have to say, so now re- I'm seeing it through his eyes. The reviews of this myself. movie, the reviews of Clone Wars have been just excoriating. I mean, on the on Ain't It Cool, they have without exception. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have taken this movie and kicked it to death and burned it. I mean, it's unbelievable how. Bad. The you, reviews. You don't are. even get the Star Wars feeling because a, it's not a 20th Century Fox film. It's a Warner Brothers film, so you don't get the fanfare. Right. And there's no crawl. There's, there's no, no crawl. crawl. There's no crawl. The the Williams score is tweaked just enough for you to notice. Mm. But at the same time, the original score they use in the film is kind of a Middle Eastern feel. It's kind of a cool score. But the but the Williams score they use is all tweaked and all messed up. But it's just I'm not gonna care. I'm done. Bad because you want to like it because it's a cartoon and it's Star Wars. But at the same time, you're just. But see, that's what I'm saying. Uh, It's like you know what it is. It's like having set. You know what it is. It's like when you dump the girl before she can dump you. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is I'm I'm removing myself from all these Mm -hmm. Star Wars properties before they can disappoint me. I'm no longer I'm no longer going to expect anything. Uh, we'll get a Tropic Thunder. Yes, sir. Okay, we'll do that in just one second. I think we have to take this call though. Uh, our good friend Diana calling from downtown. What gives? Well, apparently someone set our damn building on fire. Oh my God! Wow! It is that day. Yeah. So we're you know we're public health, so we got compromised folks out here on the street in this glorious, soothing weather. Oh no! When you say compromised folks, what does that mean? (laughs) They're ill. Is this like Ebola ill, or is this like uh, I'm hearing people tell me to cleanse humanity ill? I'll let you make that decision. <laughs> Bad either way, I guess. So wait, your building is actually, if you can if you can say this, what, where is the location so people can stay away? Uh, yeah, we're down here on uh, 5th and Stark, Southwest, oh. the old J.K. Gill building. It's and on right fire? Now, well, there's some kind of fire up there, and we've got uh, three fire trucks and big burly firemen running up and down the stairs and all sorts of crap. Oh, those poor wow. guys. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. All right. Well, thank you for the heads up. I hope that sort of gets under control sooner rather than later. Yeah, we're all hoping that. All right. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Bye, bye. Right. By the way, this email says, Rick, I'm stuck 35 miles north of Oregon on 5 South. The Amtrak to Portland just zipped by, and the bastard was holding down the horn to mock us. <laughs> That's pretty great, though. Signed, must kill. I mean, it sucks, but it's pretty great. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, All right, Tropic Thunder. A fantastic movie. I hear hear good things. Tropic Thunder is so much fun. It's so funny. And to all you bonehead people out there who are offended by... Uh, you know the folks who, who are who are protesting the film because of the way it tre- treats uh, mentally challenged folks because or, of the word retard because the word you retard. Well, well, no. What happens is is Ben Stiller's character is Tug Speedman. He's an action star, right? And to try to get that Oscar, to try to to try to get the attention of the Academy, he went the Forrest Gump route. He went right. the regarding Henry. Right. I am Sam route, and did a film called Simple Jack about a retarded farmhand. <laughs> Some of the funniest things I've ever seen on screen come out of Ben Ben Stiller's face. I hear it's a pretty it. it's uh, funny. I hear it's a pretty bare knuckles comedy. It, I, I mean, they, they don't, don't hold back. back. They hold back good. on nothing. Good. Uh, good so them. there's that, and then there's Robert Downey Jr., who is a very serious actor, uh, who plays Kirk Lazarus, which the name is kind of funny, uh, as an Australian actor who decides to go under a skin pigmentation operation to portray a black man so in this film. Robert Downey Jr. is playing an actor 
who decides to play the a, role of a black man. An Australian actor playing the role of a man from the South Bronx. That's like genius on like a hundred different And throughout the entire film, he talks like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so they talk about that quite a bit because one of one of the cast members who's in there, it's a movie within a movie. They're making this movie in Vietnam. Right. One of the other cast members is, is a, a black actor whose name is Alpa Chino. <laughs> That is righteous. And who, who is a rapper turned movie star who pimps uh, an energy drink called Booty Sweat. <laughs> wow. So all throughout Vietnam, he's throwing back cans of Booty Sweat. <laughs> like you do. The beginning of the movie is fantastic. The beginning of the film does a great job of setting up where these four actors came from. The first is a, is a I mean, as soon as the regular previews are done, it goes straight to the previews of these fake films. One is for Booty Sweat, the commercial for Booty Sweat. One is for, sorry, Kirk Lazarus and Tobey Maguire, Satan's Alley, Two Monks, The Forbidden Love. Excellent. You know, it's fantastic. And, of course, there's Tug Speedman's, you know, epic film, the fifth in the series where he saves the world, and Jack Black's character named Jeff Portnoy, who's in a film called Fatties, Fart 1, Fart 2, and Fart 3. You know, the whole clump thing. Right. And to get an idea of what these actors are doing and where they come from to, to bring this collective to play this, this Vietnam platoon-style right. film. The director completely screws up this big money shot with, with a big explosion, napalm, the whole thing. And um, uh, Lou Grossman is the studio exec out of Hollywood. Tom Cruise in a bald cap, fat suit, hairy from head to toe. Excellent. Big, greasy knuckles. One of the funniest roles I've ever seen Tom Cruise in in my and, life. And so this is very much, I don't want to compare it to the player, but I mean, it's, it's sort of the... Yeah. Oh, here's the thing I love. I love movies that are themselves savage attacks on Hollywood. Oh, it completely rips into Hollywood, and, and that's what people aren't understanding. That's what people don't get. In the middle of the film, uh, Stiller's character and Downey Jr.'s character have this conversation about, you know, ben, or Downey Jr.'s like, you know, when, when uh, Tom, or, uh, Tom Hanks played Forrest Gump, he went retard. You, you went full retard. And you couldn't come back from that. <laughs> I, it's, just, it's, it's so, so funny. And you just got to look at this film and see what Ben Stiller is trying to do. I love Ben Stiller written and directed films. I love The Cable Guy. I thought it was a very right. unappreciated, very funny, very dark film. I dug Zoolander. I li- I, reality Bites, for what it is. His you show know, ben is fantastic. The Ben Stiller show, show is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy is a really, really funny well, and guy. You know what? And there's something. To, look, here's the thing. It, it, a good comedy. It, it's not real comedy till it hurts. I mean, that's the thing. Good comedy leaves a mark. And, and, we and, haven't had a good comedy for a while. Either. And 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 a, and a big, big kudos to Paramount for telling these people, hey, you know what? This is the movie we're putting out. Right. You don't like it. Sorry, you don't have to go watch it. Yeah, Next. when does so, that happen anymore? Not very much. Yeah. So they're really proud of this film. They should be because Tropic Thunder is a fantastic movie. It's funny. Uh, it's violent as, as hell. Um, and uh, there's a lot of great cameos. I guarantee you, you were, you've never laughed so hard when you when you see a witness Tom Cruise. I've never heard Tom Cruise swear so much in my entire life. And he's looking at you right. like, Ew. All right, color me there. Yeah, good stuff. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back after this. Tim Riley uh, and High Concept Friday as well. It's 503 733 It is the Rick Emerson uh, radio program. Sending out entertainment to the traffic-bound and traffic-blockaded uh, masses. Stay there. Back after this. No, he's clean. 
Why, hello, it's the... Somebody just hear a dog bark? <laughs> it's like a door squeaking yeah. thing. Is that just me? All right. What? Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. Like us at 3, Michael Mara Show at 7. Don't forget, Miles around tomorrow, 9 to 11. And Sunday night... Is it Mike? Is it Mike Cologne or something? Do I offend? I no, heard that Tim too. Back in. Dogs love Tim. Not all of them. Oh, is there a dog in the studio? Yeah, there's, oh, a guy there's, over there's here. usually a dog in the studio. That freaks me out. I didn't know. It's like I heard we were talking in code. Yeah. Yeah, he was sleeping by my feet. So. All right. Uh, anyway, this right. coming Sunday, seven to nine, uh, musicology with uh, Kristen Bowie and Timmy Ryan. We'll talk more about that later as we get to the end of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. Well. Let's talk about all these fires, first of all. Uh, okay, the, the biggest one this afternoon, which closed down the I-5 of both directions, was in La Center, near Northwest 332nd Way. Apparently, a car burst into flames there. It spent to the nearby uh, brush. Nobody was hurt. Some of the houses were evacuated, and we understand at least one lane is open there. Uh, also, uh, oh, those poor people that uh, Diana from downtown were... Right. Uh, that was the uh, County Department of Health, and that is at uh, 426 Southwest Stark. So they all had to go out in the heat. Do we know if it's under control or not? Or uh, We have no right. other word on that. Yeah, just... Then we have the uh, bank cooperator who's unscathed after falling 25 feet. It happened this morning when he was taking part at the old Savvy Island Bridge. Well, apparently he did something he shouldn't have. Pulled so the he... wrong lever. <laughs> so he fell 25 feet. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Then we have the uh, the Bigfoot people. <laughs> Uh, the, a Bigfootologist named Tom Biscardi says, now, just because they found one alleged Bigfoot, it doesn't mean that this is the one. There are several big feet stretching from coast to coast. There's not just one Bigfoot, okay? There's an, a minimum of 3,500 to maybe a maximum of 7,000 of these creatures across the land. So all you need is to have $500 in easy credit, and you two <laughs> can be the Bigfoot in your market. How did they get the number 3,500? That's a good question. How did they... Well, they keep track of these at the uh, Bigfoot office. But Jesus. there's no Bigfoot. Uh, my, my question with this whole DNA testing they're doing, what's what's their control group? I have no idea, actually. I mean... <laughs> so you said the top number gets 3,500 to how many, Tim? Uh, 3,500 right now. Jesus. They count them and they keep track. Are they tagged like salmon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All then. right. So uh, that's it for me. For All right. By the way, let me just read this very quickly before we wrap things up from the Ministry of Truth for now. This email says, in late 1998, I was living in Kennewick and looking for a job in Portland. Whenever I would drive here, I would scan the dial to find something to listen to. I finally found Hot Talk 1080 and Tom Likas. It was fascinating listening, but what interested me more was the wry, clever newsman who would pop up, read the news straight, and then make some weird comment after it, all the while keeping the staid comment delivery, uh, the staid, uh, staid newsman delivery. Likas may have drawn me to the station initially, but Tim Riley is why I stayed a listener. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have ever imagined that I, one day, this is from Todd the Corpse, would have had the opportunity to sit behind Mr. Riley at the roast and have the honor of crawling under his chair to clean up a spill so he wouldn't be bothered. <laughs> Thank you, Todd, Todd the Corpse. Life is an interesting journey. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we head into this weekend, we would like to take this moment to uh, mark and commemorate... Uh, and thank the glorious uh, deity above for Tim Riley's 10 years in Portland, uh, which are happening this weekend. So, Tim Riley. Thank you. So, thank you, my friend. Tim Riley, uh, the the world and the airwaves of Portland are an immeasurably better place because of your presence, sir. And I used to be afraid of you. 
when you first came well, to work here. That's just well, he was a long-haired punk. I got to understand. Is that because too. I was? Yeah, I was. I was a scruffy ruffian. <laughs> and and scallion. I, you were in this little room. Wearing this Britney Spears thing, bouncing off the walls. <laughs> with his goatee, with his goatee, right? I had like yeah. a, I had a, a, a headset mic at one point because um, you were in this little room. I wrote about it on my blog today. Really? You can read the details. If I go to RileyLive.com, and you can read about those old times one more time. Oh, I, uh, I, I was. I mean, if you think I talk quickly now? I was so spastic and hyperactive at one point. It was frightening. <laughs> it's like I, I would never talk to you. I didn't know if you were going to snap and kill me in the hallway. <laughs> What's that? Hell. And, and then I was asked to do a show with you, and I go, oh, my God. <laughs> I, years later, the truth comes out. I uh, Well, I mean, I had this headset mic because I was so over-amped and just whatever that I... I would sort of bat the microphone away by accident, or I would sort of be flailing and forget that I would, you know, and that I wouldn't talk and do a press. So they finally gave me a headset mic because it was the only way to keep me a normal distance from the microphone. And um, you know, it's it's funny when uh, the musicology show premiered last week. It was very good. Uh, there was a moment, you know, early on, Timmy especially was a little, little, a uh, little over energetic, a little, little built up energy. Oh, but God, it, you could feel the energy in the room between all three of us. Uh, it was you crazy. know, and that's the way it happens. You know, you build up to something for six weeks, and he's doing, he's whatever. But I was, you know, and I said, I, I'm really in no position to criticize as such. I can critique, but I can't really criticize because, as Tim noted, I was once an energetic young lad. Uh, so, um, but I, I, I really... And, and here we are after all these years. I, it, Ten years later. It is quite something. That's so, the episode uh, in Portland. really is. So, uh, so, greatest newsman in the history of the world, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, who will be back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour, all the way through like us, enriching your lives in ways that cannot even be calculated. So uh, Thank you. you if I had a cocktail, I would raise it right now to Tim Riley. We're raising uh, we're raising a drink inside. Thank you, sir. RileyLive.com is his website, by the way. You can read more of his uh, musings of a news nature uh, there. Uh, we're here with uh, Scott Daly from Film Fever Radio. Uh, our good friend Siegfried joining us now as well. Film happenings this weekend? Yes. Uh, the Grand House Film Festival is on Saturday. They're doing at 7.45 p.m at the Hollywood Theater where we have the great movie of Rolling Thunder. Yeah. Uh, stars uh, William Devane and uh, co-stars uh, Tommy Lee Jones uh, written in 1976 by uh, Paul Schrader who did Taxi Driver and it is crazy nuts. Like It's great for those people who are stuck out on the highway and have this total rage because they can go they can watch this movie see a guy get his hand cut off by a garbage disposal and then come back with a hook hand and with a, with a bag full of shotguns and take out a Mexican brothel that's great <laughs> live out all of your uh, pent up uh, road rage I, I do have to it. say that I've never and I know that it's one of those movies that uh, you know just kind of gets referenced on Tarantino I think didn't his, didn't his, his video his DVD company called Rolling Thunder yeah. Productions yeah his company's company. uh, and I have to say that I've actually never seen it the closest um, I've come to see is I've actually at the trailer festival the Hollywood did I saw the trailer for Rolling Thunder but I've never actually seen the film itself. Now, is so, this an original print? Is this is this a print or is this video? It's an original print. Oh, uh, thirty five millimeter. Um, it's supposed to be a really good print, so we're really excited. Outstanding. And um, and it, yeah, you can't. It's really difficult to get this one on video. And uh, but it's I mean it's just going to be really spectacular. It's it's a hard thing to call to ask uh, people to come and see it because you know it's a busy Saturday night, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be nice outside, everything like that, but this movie is well worth it. It's a gem, and it is really kick booty. And that is uh, the Hollywood Theater. What time tomorrow? 7.45 at the Hollywood Theater, Grand House Film Festival. Which really is a great place to see a movie regardless. Um, all right, Kristen, so uh, let me ask you, uh, in your uh, professional opinion, so we got, what, do we have one more break? Yes. 
It's short, though. All right. So do we dare try to do the high concept topic here? I, I think we can you do it. You think we can do yeah. it? Yeah. All right. Um, uh, all right. So I feel like a, I feel like a jerk here because we're going to have to quickly go through these calls and then get to the high concept topic. Uh, let me see if I can actually find the email that prompted the whole thing. Wait, hold on. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's a very careful. Let's right here, you bastard. Well, there you go. I, I, I am wrong. All right. So here is today's high concept <laughs> question. Uh, and we have this for our good friend Amanda, who's been a long-time listener. She says, I have to have surgery. It's going to put me on the couch for four days at least. What TV series should I buy at CD Game Exchange, of course, and commit to watching? Uh, so there you go. So that is today's high-concept question. It's 503-733-2970. The question is, she's going to have surgery, be on the couch for four days. What TV series should she buy and commit to watching? We will now do high-concept calls about that right now at 503-733-2970. As those are coming in, let's just get a couple of these. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. How's everybody doing? What's up, sir? <laughs> well, I, uh, I I called in to uh, give everybody a little FYI on the TriMet uh, fare inspection thing. If, yes, sir. Uh, if I may. So, okay, so one of my roommates is a uh, Max driver. She's been with the company for six years. She was a bus driver for five years before that. And I just got a little bit of info last night on uh, the fare inspection status, if I may. Yes, go ahead. All right. Well, okay, so <laughs> believe it or not, there's only <laughs> up- – up till uh, this week, there was only 15 fare inspectors for the entirety of the TriMet organization. Yes. And now they just cut half of them. So, so, now, that story? so as, as slim as your chances of being caught were before, now they're half of that. <laughs> well, also exactly. increases the amount of stabbings you can have. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. So, yeah. So they had 15 inspectors for all, like, 60-some-odd miles of max stuff and all the buses as well. And they just forcibly retired seven of the 15. So now there's only eight guys that are going to be checking for your tickets. So, uh, du- duly noted, my friend. Thank you for the uh, update, sir. All right. Thank you. Wow. All right. Oh, I just hung up on somebody. Oh, 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 all right. Oh. Uh, it is High Concept Friday. Uh, hello, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Um, yeah, dude, seriously, a series to watch while you're sitting on the couch for four days? I'd do it anyways, and I haven't had surgeries. Entourage, man. One, two, and three. You can't go wrong with it. It's true. And here's the thing about Entourage. Those episodes about 28 minutes long, something like that, they go down real easy. It's like mm-hmm. they go down just like a, like, a, like a tasty beverage. You can put down one after another after another. The course of a day, you could probably watch 40 episodes of that and it would not even break a sweat. Oh, yeah, not even joking. And they're, and they're broken apart, like you said, like 20, 26 minutes, something like that. And it makes it seem like you haven't even done anything. Before you know it, you're looking at your watch and it's eight hours later. you gotta you got to eat sometime. <laughs> Excellent. Good observation, sir. Thank you. That's what happens when I play Warcraft. Uh, The question is, if you're on the couch for four days from surgery, what TV series did you try to watch as much of as possible? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's going on? What's up? This won't take up four days, but she should uh, check out Firefly and Serenity. Totally, yes, yes, yes. yes. Especially, I mean, sadly, you could watch Firefly one season, and then it got the boot, uh, you know, so you got one season of Firefly, and then you could watch the movie. I mean, you could get that all done, and, you know, really, if you really want to put in the time, you could do that in a day. You could do that, yeah. then Freaks and Geeks afterwards. There you go. You yeah. could, she could do several series that were all canceled after one season. See, also Action, the Jay Moore series. So, yeah, Firefly Serenity. Good one, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, um, I just had to say real quickly, I shuddered in horror when I heard Scott talking about cocktails. The last time I was around him with cocktails, we sat for an hour at a roast. 
<laughs> I uh, do uh, remember they, him uh, refunding drinks four different times. I too, did refund at the roast. Oh, uh, yeah. thanks, Rick. On your high concept, quickly, is she going to have or not have pain medication? I would guess meds. Yes. Yeah. That's my question. I would go with Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Uh, and then uh, they didn't have the second season out yet, but what? I don't know. if Comcast is still doing this for nine ninety nine. Get a uh, a trial membership for Showtime. Oh, and you I can just binge. Yeah, so I got on to the uh, the pay per view or whatever the on demand for... thing or something. Yeah, and then immediately canceled it. <laughs> Good for you. Wait, wait, just stick it to the man. Uh, all right, yes, Dexter really is a fantastic show, and you can catch up because season three is going to be coming up. Excellent. How, how about Sex in the Thank City? You, sir. Oh, Samantha is so snappy. Yeah, why I, watch Titanic? Why don't you do that? I think the British office would be a good idea, too. The British office is good because you could see, again, because it's a short, limited run because it's British. There's only, what, two seasons? Yeah. And so, I mean, and the seasons, I think, are only 12 episodes. So you got, like, and and, you know. one of the best comedies out there right now, too. It really is fantastic. You might like the American office, the British office. You know, it's different, certainly. A little spikier, maybe. I would certainly recommend the British and office. And let me say, if drugs are involved, I would say uh, watch the Twin Peaks series. Start with the pilot, I knew do all the episodes, and finish up with Firewalk with me. And I know you haven't weekend. seen it either yet, either, Rick. But um, if you're on drugs, uh-huh. Little Britain would be fantastic. I see, it, and I'm the only hilarious. person who hasn't seen it. Uh, we're, uh, it's High Concept Friday, if you're going to be on the couch for four days after surgery. What TV series should you try to watch all the way through? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. What do you got? Uh, I, I would definitely recommend Freaks and Geeks um, if you haven't seen it. Absolutely. It's one, one series, but it's it's or one season, but it's really, really fantastic. You get really mad when it ends, too. Freaks and Geeks is one of the most perfect television series ever put to celluloid. No getting around that. And uh, unfairly canceled, but now it leaves forever in perfection, sir. Ooh, Alan, That's Parch- right. Thank- Alan Partridge oh. and Spaced. Those are really good series. Spaced. That Spaced just came out, too. That's some good I don't stuff. Know if you ever okay. seen Alan Partridge, that one's really, really good. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. High Concept Friday. What TV series should she be watching while she's on the couch recuperating? Seasons one or two, and uh, one and two of Dead Like Me. Of what? Dead Like Me. Is that good? I've heard it's I've fantastic. I've seen it on Netflix, and it, I've been considering it. was brilliant. I was talking to a fan this week, and she was just gushing all over it. It was fantastic. So, Dead yeah, Like it was Me? really good. Duly noted. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, high Concept Friday, what TV series should she be watching while recuperating? Is this me? Yes, it is, sir. Uh, well, my dad actually had surgery, I think, two weeks ago. And he's been doing nothing but sitting on the couch watching uh, Monk and Law and Order. Monk is one of those series that keeps it keeps being referred to me. Like people keep saying, "You got to watch Monk," uh, and then I never Rick. have, but I hear really good things about it. It's fantastic. Tony Shalhoub. I mean, the guy yeah. right there alone is enough to get you in watching watching the I've, show. It's great. I've had a passing interest in Burn Notice lately too. I don't even know what that it's, is. It's a spy thing that's I like can't burn remember what. Or? No. no, it's it's basically no. It's the burn notice smiles. means that if you're put on the burn, if you're given a burn notice, you're not allowed to spy anymore because someone's ratted you right. out. Oh, okay. So it's it's kind of concerning that, and the way that they present every all the little tricks that spies do is rather interesting. But no. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, I myself, if I was on the couch, I'd be watching uh, Firefly and Battlestar Galactica. Uh see, and I'm with you. See, yeah. there you go. I see we all. a second a second Firefly there, and certainly Battlestar's good, little bleak, but very good. All right, thank you, my friend. Uh, thank you, sir. Law and Order is really good too because those again, it's like supposedly a drama, but man, they just go down like a. They, it just goes down like a like a like some sort of finely crafted hostess snack. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. What's up, slow? What do you? Hey, what do you got? Hello. Huh? What's up, buddy? Hey, if you're gonna be taking on a the break couch, from folding towels. <laughs> yeah, my actually my my towel is currently uh, folded and primed for shower number five. Now that's just weird. <laughs> Uh, if you go, if she's gonna be on the couch, uh, I gotta recommend seasons one through four plus the three-hour roundup movie of uh, Farscape. Farscape. 
Um, I never saw Farscape. It is awesome. You've yeah? got to do it. All right, man. Australian Muppet. Now, is it all... <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's all Jim Henson. No, it's Australian Muppet sci-fi, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. it's badass. And I'm, seem, I'm seeming to notice a uh, recurring pattern of uh, hanging out with Scott Daly and being witness to refunding of alcohol. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's sort of like how they say that thing. Like, you know, you're supposed to do the thing with fortune cookies where you read the fortune and then you go, like, in bed. Like with Scott Daly, it's like a da-da-da-da, and then he vomited uncontrollably. <laughs> is it a chunky refund, or is it... Uh, uh, I don't remember. That, that's awesome. Well, I'll let you guys go, but Scott, I got a... I sent you a text message. I got some goodies on the way for you, man. Sweet. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Right. There you go. Our good friend, Aloha. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. High Concept Friday. What TV show should she watch while recuperating? Well, there are only 13 episodes, but it ties in with your writing a strongly worded letter, like you said in your address. Uh, Wonderfalls. Wonderfalls, which is another one I never saw, but it was sort of there and gone before I could start watching it. Was it kind of like those ticket senses? Yeah, shows? for me too. Just like a blip on the screen and gone. But it was it was great. I loved the loved it. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, you just tell me when we got a break, Kristen, because I don't okay. know. Okay. Uh, have 60 seconds. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. High Concept Friday. What should she be watching while recuperating? Well, if you could, real quick, uh, Milk Cruisers, one through five. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I think I we'll like go... Gilf Cruisers I think myself. we're going to go oh, out on that, actually. Grandma. Probably oh. no time to be... Uh, Awkward. No time to be, uh, to, be, to be fair to another caller here for High Concept Friday. I like how it's one through five. Best audience <laughs> ever. Uh, back after this to wrap it up. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay right there. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. No time to be fair to another caller, but please join us Monday at 10 for the recap, 11 for the show. Kristen Bowie, this coming Sunday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Musicology. What can we expect? We can expect Rick Finch, the producer, and Hand of God, basically, underneath the Casey and the Sunshine Band. We can also expect Say It Ain't Weezer, Portland's only Weezer tribute band. Very cool. And, and we Scorpion. can expect to be stood up by Tommy Two-Tone. Excellent. Yeah. Well, he uh, does, he's notorious for that anyway, isn't he? Uh, I don't really I mean, know. I've heard he is. Uh, all right. Uh, so that is this coming Sunday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondents uh, Ed McCarthy for joining us today. Also, Rachel McGrath, Dorothy Costasari from the National Enquirer. Rolling Thunder tomorrow night at the Hollywood, 7.45 p.m. Filmfeverradio.com. New episode up now. We want to thank Scott Daly for coming in. Also, our good friend Siegfried. Rick Emerson Show produced today by Kristen Bowie and for Sarah, uh, for Sarah Dillon. Uh, on the uh, phones, Richie Bristol uh, in the newsroom celebrating his 10 years in Portland this uh, weekend. Tim Riley, uh, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, director of engineering, Brian Jones, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and, of course, CBS Radio Portland, the marketing guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. As always, my friends, thank you for listening. Be safe. Stay cool. Watch out for snakes. And uh, we'll see you all on Monday. Thanks for being there. Have a good weekend. Bye. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity.